Welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode number 23. Um, I believe that's how old you two are, right? I mean, it is. I'm 22. Oh, shit. Okay, so the podcast <laughs> is older than Chase. <laughs> and and same, same age as me. Okay. If each, if each week was a year, somehow. Yeah, like, you know. It's like dog years, but podcast like years. Podcast years. Yeah, they're different. Yeah. Um, cool. So... Uh, well, I know what Chase is drinking already, and I know what I'm drinking already, so Hunter, you want to enlighten us? Yeah, I mean, if you were paying attention earlier this week, you also know what I was drinking, and am drinking again, because I mentioned it would be on this podcast. This is the Flying Dog uh, Super Hook, and this is, you know, sorry to let you all down, but this is one of the most disappointing beers I have had on this podcast today. Oh, unfortunate. Yeah, it's really funny, because... I was I I couldn't remember the name of it and I was in chat with a bunch of people from the Discord on Sunday and I was like man I had this really disappointing uh flying dog beer it's like a fruit punch uh sour can't remember the name and Jester from the Discord pipes up and he was like oh dude I literally tried that beer for the first time today as well yeah that kind of sucks <laughs> um, I got to say uh I mean I'm surprised that you're still drinking it cuz like you had that a while ago I kind of assumed it would have been gone by now what do you mean? I, I don't love it, so I had like a couple of them yeah, earlier just to try them, and then I'm finishing them off on the podcast. Uh, it has a ten percent six pack. I did, I did. I mean, you know, at the liquor store where I go, like you know, it works better money wise to just get a six pack than to get individuals. So, um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, it's a ten percent ABV, ABV, which is nice, and this is really a buyer beware situation because it does genuinely taste like fruit punch like hawaiian punch but like alcoholic the issue is like i saw like that it was fruity and that it was a sour and i didn't really think about the uh, the fact that you know it's not so much like a fruit or a citrus sour it's like a you know fake fruit drink sour so like, oh, like i don't hawaiian punch exactly yeah, exactly that, what yeah. i said yeah yeah so like if i mixed like hawaiian punch and vodka I feel like that would be a pretty similar quality to what I have right here. And for a craft beer, that's pretty disappointing. Interesting, because that sounds pretty good. I was (laughs) going to say, all things considered, that sounds pretty good. Except then this this is probably slightly carbonated because it's a beer. Yeah. Also, I'd prefer if it wasn't. Wait, is Hawaiian Punch not carbonated? No, 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 like I, I haven't had that since I was like a kid going to like mm-hmm. with that plastic garden, jug like, skating rink. The plastic jug. Oh, I know it in like a classic cap. like plastic Coke bottle. With also, yeah, the blue cap. Oh, like, I was thinking I, I was of like, like the Costco jug of it. I had one. Oh, yeah, uh, like the leader you're talking about. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, like there is one, um, there's one like food cart right next to, well, okay, I guess a bit more background information. We always went to the Sculpture Garden in D.C. because over the winter they run a skating rink there, which is like tiny, like maybe a third of the size of an actual ice rink. Um but we used to go there a lot, and, like, we owned our own skates and everything. Uh, so I think it was effectively free. Um, I think you only had to pay for skate rentals. Uh, so I, I don't, like, because we owned our own skates, I don't think we had to pay for it. Um, nice. I could be wrong about that. I was a kid. Don't quote me. Um, but, like, I just remember constantly going and getting, like, you know that SpongeBob, like, ice cream? Oh, those are the fucking eyes. So good. I mean, I, I love them too. But then every time I would get one of those, I was equally as disappointed as Hunter drinking this sour, because 
it never looked like the fucking packaging. Like, it always <laughs> have, like, one eyeball down, like, in his chest. And, like, the other one oh, is yeah. sunken in so much, he looks like a monster from a horror movie. Like, I experienced the same thing, but I feel like that's kind of that, that was kind of the appeal. Just seeing what sort of deformed SpongeBob you would get. <laughs> See, that's why but I would go for the that... strawberry shortcake instead. <laughs> strawberry shortcake is the beta. Like, that, that's the play. Uh, but... I'd always get one of those, yeah, like the SpongeBob ice cream guys, and then a Hawaiian fruit punch. Got it, got it. Yeah, yeah that is so a sugar overload. There. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So like, I guess, I guess I want to clarify. Like, I'm not forcing myself to drink this. Like, oh god, I'd rather have any any other drink. It's just that for a craft beer that I'm shelling out like five bucks or a little less for each bottle of like, it's really not up to my expectations. Yeah, I, I, I normally get that. like the beer that I get. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense because I was like, well, that sounds actually pretty good to me. But I feel mm-hmm. like it w- it could be done probably in a way where you'd be like, damn, this is good. Maybe you just don't like that taste as yeah. much as I would. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd be interested to try it, but I would not be interested in paying craft beer prices for it. So Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it sounds more like wine cooler kind of prices. Yeah, it actually it actually does kind of remind me of a wine cooler now that you mention it. <laughs> Cass, what are you drinking tonight? Okay, so my, I actually have a really interesting beer uh, because uh, if you've been listening to all the podcasts, I've brought on a couple of the Wild Eye Experimental IPA series um, beers in the past. Some of them I have liked quite a bit, and there's one particular one which I very much did not like. But mm. at any rate, uh, here's let me just read the little inscription thing on the can. It says, uh, a year's worth of ex- experimental IPAs with a juicy path for us to follow helping us develop the Neon Nectar, a bomb of tropical tangerine, pineapple, and mango, both light and creamy. On a 1 to 10 scale of Neon Nectar, this this hazy IPA is at least a bucket of fruit. Um, that sounds incredible. Not it sounds lie. really yeah. good, at least by the description. But, They're good marketers. Right. No, it, it, is, it, is, it is actually really good. Um, the can's super cool, too. I know nobody else is going to be able to see that. And in fact, on my camera, you can't even see all the pink lines and shit. But, um... Basically, I, I think it's super cool because it's like the culmination of all those experimental IPAs that I've been drinking over basically the past year. Um, they're like, hey, like this is what we found out that we like and works. And this is our like this is Wild Eyes Capstone. Um, wow. <laughs> and I also thought it was it was nice because, you know, neon and we're talking about. But I guess at some point we'll get on to talking about Valorant. I mean, yeah, not not for any time, any time. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, um, no, I got I got to say is uh, it's pretty good. Uh, like I, I'm actually really enjoying this. It's a nice uh six point eight percent, so nothing crazy, but like pretty solid. Um, and it doesn't quite look like OJ, which is typically my go-to for um, uh, hazy IPAs, but like nonetheless, pretty fucking good. Sounds tropical. Yeah. All right. Um, Sounds like a good time. I guess that leaves me. Uh, I've gone away from the beers this week, and I am now drinking a glass of Husong's Reposado Tequila. Um, I went down to Seattle this week, and uh, my favorite thing to do in Seattle has now become uh, go to a store called Total Wine and Spirits. Now, if Total Wine, you want to sponsor us, hit me up. But <laughs> yeah, they're like is, a chain, right? Yeah, it is the most. Yeah, yeah. I've never been to one before. Um, that we don't have any in Idaho, so and definitely not any in Canada, but it is fucking incredible. It is a full ass warehouse, like Costco 
or like grocery store sized warehouse and every aisle is all liquor and it's like fucking paradise you walk in you're like i could spend hours here just going through the aisles oh man and yeah, like that's where you sorry not to cut you off but yeah. uh, that's where you got me the angel's envy bourbon right yeah they have literally everything you could ever yeah, yeah. think of so like like mixers you know aperitifs uh whatever random bitters you want like they have an entire shelf of different flavors of bitters um and then every kind of like liquor beer wine you could ever ask for is all there like my girlfriend and i spent so much time just going through being like "Ooh, what's this bottle of tequila and this bottle of bourbon and like like oh that's way too expensive for me (laughs) uh but i picked this one out uh i think my dad had a couple of these i remember seeing them on my liquor shelf growing up um, it's all right. Definitely got a good bite to it for a reposado, um, which is, is kind of the point of it. Oh. No, the, the point of drinking a reposado instead of an Añejo is that it's aged less and people like to feel like they're drinking tequila. So if you get something that's like an extra Añejo, then a lot of the times it's so smooth that you don't get like that tequila bite. Mm, um, got it, got it. And so some people prefer that. Uh, I personally prefer an Añejo, but they're always more expensive because they're aged longer. Uh, and I was looking this up uh, just today, and um, this tequila is actually rumored to be the first tequila ever used to make a margarita. Hmm. Wow. That's yeah. pretty cool. So uh, who knows? That could just be a clever marketing thing. But um, seems seems pretty cool. Uh, as, as Cass was talking about his uh, alcohol percentages, this is a, a cool 40%, so yeah. <laughs> I think I got you beat there. Yeah, just a wee bit. But um, uh, kind of a non sequitur, but like, just speaking of like, why, or like cool marketing things, uh, I remember this story that my dad told me about um, Heineken spreading this rumor that like all the, the, like, the workers in Mexico at the Corona factory were like pissing into the, into the bottles. <laughs> That's um, hilarious, isn't that? Yeah, that and, was like a real thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, so at any rate, not not the fact it, that they were pissing, but the no, the, no, no. the whole story like, is like a real thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then so eventually, Corona was able to take Heineken to court and prove that, like, what is it, defamation? Yeah, yeah, defamation. Um, that would make sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and was able to prove defamation, and Heineken had to pay them like a couple million dollars. But like, they're like, we don't give a shit. Like, we made so much money off people buying our beer instead of people buying Corona that like a couple million dollars is just whatever. Like that's just the cost of our marketing campaign, uh, which I, I, I think was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Guess they didn't ask for enough in court. Right. If they actually did lose more money than that. Um, yeah. Well, I guess it'd be hard to prove how much money you lost and how much money Heineken gained because of that. Yeah. That'd be, That'd be very difficult to, uh, you know, calculate a dollar amount for. A lot of estimation, I'm sure. Right. Okay, but at any rate, so uh, Valorant, Man. the supposed core facet of this podcast. Um, supposed is a key word there. Right. Okay, so the first topic here that I wanted to go over. Um, do you guys know Bogdan's Law? describe bogdan's law I feel uh, like... i've heard of it before but i don't remember off the top of my head i'll be honest if this is something I... that uh i watched a video on earlier today then maybe 
okay, Bogdan's Law uh, originally comes from CSGO, but it basically states when one player has low health, uh, the high health player uh, should drop an operator or any sniper rifle uh, to switch out with the low health player mm. um, to give the low health player like the one shot, one kill opportunity. Uh, and it, at least in CS, like, when you're, anytime you're one shot, you just run towards your opera and just go Bogdans, Bogdans, uh, and like toss your AK at them and then they toss you the op. Um, and I was kind of wondering why that hasn't made its way to Valorant. Even if you called it something else. Um, because people, it's just like, okay, okay, here's, there's two things. Um, people, are dicks and they want the gun that they bought. And two, even if they're not dicks, Valorant has differentiation between the characters, which means that some characters are very good at opping and some characters are not very good at opping. And so mm-hmm. if I'm playing, I, I don't know, pick a character. Uh, if I'm playing Killjoy and I go Bogdans and someone drops me an op, but that person's the jet, like, the jet is probably going to be getting more value out of that op, even in the rest of the round, than I will. Like, in, except in, unless it's like a very specific circumstance. That would be my my two cents on it. Right, but like, okay, let's say Jet has burned her dash. Slash, maybe this was part of the very specific circumstance I was thinking of. But. Right, right. I was thinking like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Jet's either burned her dash or got a pick and dashed out. Right, and so like that's not going to be online for another two kills um or even if like like let, let's say jet still has her dash even right like there's I, unless you are more along the lines of wardell or i that's just like super heavy op crutch like jet can rifle really well too absolutely i i might not be able to but like that doesn't mean that like jets in general can't like, I, I feel like it, it still makes sense to give that low-health player the, you know, the opportunity to just outright win a gunfight off a single shot. Well, instead I mean, of if having you're... to be like, I'm going to head-tap them. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking to me, then I have a better shot at using the Vandal to get the one-tap than I do with the op. So that could be part of it, too. Well, like, I'm, like if we harken back to, like, pro play here, like I, I feel like pretty much anyone in pro play has, or should be able to opt to a, you know, reasonable level. Yeah, but obviously, some people are really fucking good yes, at opping. Obviously, and if you got those obviously on your there team... are players are way better. But like, I mean, I'm thinking back on like, like all right, let, like let's look at Yay here, right? Really fucking good at opping. Also disgusting with a rifle. I mean, true. But, but I think that, you know, Ye's play style, he's used to switching between the rifle and the op. And there are some people who, because of their role on the team, because of the agent they're playing, using an op is something that, if they planned for it before the round, they might do reasonably well at. But having it thrust into their hands in the middle of the round, they may not, they may not necessarily be comfortable using it to its full potential. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and the op in Val is so much worse than the op in CS, apparently. That is true. <laughs> so, I mean, harder to use. Yes. 
I, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's there's some untapped potential there that, like, you know, maybe Valorant's just lagging a bit behind on. Um, Sounds to me like you want more people to drop ops to you when you're low health. It, it's not even other people. To, well, I'm usually the one who buys the op. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that like, uh, yeah. like I'm the, the one who's, way around. Yeah, yeah, it'd be the other way around. It'd be me having the op and somebody coming up to me and being like, "Dude, I'm one shot." Um, and like if I have full health, then like I fully agree with the swap there. I mean, are you going to be the kind of person that's going to be like, "Yeah, but fuck you, I'm oping." Because you're an op crutch. Because so <laughs> yeah. you're like, well, okay. Either I get my three kills here with the op, or I give this to you. I take a rifle. I sprint in and die. That I mean, that is what you would do. So <laughs> I don't know. I think it really depends. There's there's a very cer- certain circumstance here. Um, I mean, just on like a slight side. Uh, branch of this topic. I was in a game earlier today um, where there were two guys on my team left and one of them was, you know, one HP basically. And the other was full health. And the guy who was one HP was like, oh, I'll stay here and lurk. Like, you go with bomb to the other site. And then I was like, fuck no, don't do that, guys. Guy with five HP, you play first contact. So like, run ahead of Omen. And then Omen knows where the guy is. And if you get the kill, great. You know? Um, mm-hmm. but they like, they ended up doing that and it worked out. We won the round. Um, but I was like, I was surprised that more people didn't know that. Like, Hey, if you're low HP, you should be the one playing first contact because if you like, if you're clearing an angle with full HP, you're more likely to die. And that's mm-hmm. the more important player on your team at the moment. Well, the interesting thing about the scenario you mentioned, Chase, is it seems like, what you were advocating for was the safer option and the option that your teammates wanted to do was the higher risk, higher reward option, because it seemed like from what you were saying that they were banking on the guy with the spike getting to site before the other team rotated. So he would get the plant off without being challenged until the plant was down. Is that, is that correct? Am I understanding that correctly? Uh, Yes. I mean, we were playing on split and basically what we had tried to do is we Mm -hmm. were attacking a site and three people died trying to get through the choke. Um, okay. So at that point, you don't know if everybody has rotated over. Right. Um, so you like, don't know. But I think we got a couple of picks. Is. I think it was a 3v2. Um, mm-hmm. But like, you don't know if they're going to be someone in mid still. And they were rotating through sewers to mid. Um, right. So right. to like peek into mid into top mid is very dangerous as that person with full health. And I think that the person with like five HP should be the one peeking up into, into ropes first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, I, my I gut feeling. Yeah. My gut feeling is that in the case you described, I would be totally on your side because it's a very winnable round. And so going for the more safe option makes sense. I would say if there was one more player alive on the other side or two, like if it was like a two V three or four at that point, or wait, how, I, I assume it was, it was a 2v3. It's a 2v3, yeah. See, okay, I, I kind of understand your teammates. For some reason, I was thinking it was a 2v2. For some reason, yeah, I, I kind of agree with uh, your teammates in a, in a two, as, a, as a possibility. Like, your, your decision is definitely safer. But, like, the thought is that, you know, a 2v3 is a difficult situation in general. So what we want to do is have the person 
be set up best to get a kill rather than dying, which is the person with low health who's on who's lurking because the whole point of lurking well is that you get the shot on them before they see you. And then that evens the odds right there. And if the other person can get to sight before the team rotates, once again, assuming that they weren't there all along or in mid, then now all of a sudden you potentially have a 2v2. Well, see, so, now, now you're assuming something, which is that you can rotate without uh, like getting peeked by anybody, which I think is an okay assumption, right? If everybody had rotated to the site you were just pushing. Uh, you're saying like the spike could easily get to the other sp- site and, and get plant down. In that case, if that happens, then you are completely spread out, and there's only two people left on your team, while there will be three people trying to retake site against your one. Um, it is much more effective to have the person with five HP also be on site. Like if nobody, uh, if nobody like was over in your rotation, great. Now you can like hiding a cheeky angle on site and you're actually playing site together yeah like well, i'm 100 with chase on this one like, well just the, to be clear HP player should absolutely be taking first contact well i think i think that the low hp player should be taking first contact in situations where the player numbers are even or you have more players than the other team because in in that case them throwing their life away for you to get a kill is beneficial to the team obviously but I think in that case, you know, suppose you both get to site uncontested, same as the assumption that makes it work the other way. So you both get to site uncontested, and now you have three people coming into site. Like, if you have one person taking, uh, you know, first contact, you have the, the low health person taking first contact and dying, and then you have the, uh, you have the, the other player, the full health player, getting that trade, now that one player is still left in a 1v2. Whereas if you have um you know if you have the player lurking and once again this depends on a lot of ifs if you're able to if the person with the bomb at full health is able to get to site and plan uncontested big if also if the lurk is what it works out to where someone passes where they're lurking and they get a free kill off of that bunch of ifs there then that puts you in a vastly better scenario where you have a 2v2 and you have someone who's, you know, your low health player is now flanking the site, which makes it a lot more complicated for those remaining two players to get there. So that's where that's where I'm saying the risk is very high, because if your full health gets player gets killed on the way, obviously you're screwed. If the lurk doesn't pan out and they all rotate through CT and he's lurking in mid, then obviously that also doesn't work out. But the reward is that you potentially get to avoid having a 1v2 on site and instead, you know, you still are getting a 1v2 on site because even if your lurk pans out, either there's going to be two people pushing that angle, you get the one kill, you get traded, it's a 1v2 on, on the site where bomb's planted, or two people rotate through CT, one person rotated the other way, you get the kill, but now they rotated through CT, they're going to be a site faster than you, it's a 1v2 on site. Like, Well, the the key thing is that you know, it depends on where exactly people rotate, right? You could have one person go CT, you could have two go through mid, you could have the reverse. And so, basically, there are there if, if they all go CT and the, the lurk is in mid, then obviously that doesn't work well for you at all. But, like, if two are coming through mid, then there's a decent chance that your lurker either gets both or he gets one and is able to fall off. And now the person who is you may going to heaven from mid has to worry about the lurk who is uh, chilling in mid or, you know, they have to just push onto site and allow the lurk to come behind them. 
And then if the opposite happens, if there's one in mid that the Lurker kills, and now your full health player is left on site against two people, that full health player doesn't actually have to take the fight because he can just delay as much as possible until his Lurker comes to help him out. And then at that point, there's a sandwich action going. I'm not saying that's the better position, just to be clear. I'm just saying that I feel like it is a valid option. I don't know. I feel like you know you, there's a guarantee that if you both make it to site, all three people will be there. All three opposing like enemies will come to that site to try to retake. Right? True. And yeah. so you are going to get a duel. Absolutely. Whereas the other option, you might just not get a duel. Well, yeah, this is true, but you might you might you might not get a duel, but you might get a duel that is hugely in your favor, which is the kind of thing you kind of need to look through when you're playing man down. To, sorry, to look for when you're playing man down because you're already at a heavy disadvantage. Excuse yeah, you're saying so people clear saying more angles like... coming into sight instead of the lurk. I I understand that. Um Right, yeah. But still, I feel like a trade of of like your your players like getting it into that 2v1 is kind of what you're looking for in this instance instead of it being a 1v3 um and i think you have just as good of a chance of getting into the 2v1 if both players are on site i think you have a better chance because um no matter what three people will be pushing that site somebody can be hide, hiding behind a box like your low hp player and you can trade them for that kill right like No, I absolutely agree with Chase here. Um, but like just wanna clear up something. I think you're slightly misunderstanding the purpose of a lurk here, Hunter. Like you, like the lurk shouldn't necessarily be silent. And like as someone who works very often I mean in this case it was silent. There's no right, like right, right. But this like, is a not an initial round lurk. This isn't trying to pull rotation somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm a little confused why you're defining the I, word see, lurk when no, we're no, talking okay, about because a very I'm specific saying, case. If, if in the situation, Hunter, in which you're laying out, yeah. I can see it being valid if, more valid if the low HP player is going to be like, hey, look, like, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to, like, I'm just going to make noise, make them think that we're still going to be here, right? Um, Try to, you know, and I, as Chase was saying, like, there, there is no guarantee unless unless there were comms that were going around saying like, hey, everybody's here. Like everybody on their team is accounted for and is on this site. Um, then, as you pointed out, the whole rotate through mid isn't necessarily safe. Like you, you don't know if you've got like, I don't know, say like a Killjoy being like, well, I don't know if they're committing. My utility isn't valuable if I rotate like. I'm going to hold my ground until we know that they're on to site, which, like, at least I personally feel like, you know, that's something people should do more often and it's something that I kind of make the mistake of doing and being like, ah, three of them were spotted over there. Time to fuck off and go over there. Um, like, I, like I, I do think that, like, especially in our ELO, people rotate too fast and, like, you, you should hold your ground for longer. Um, and so, like, I, I don't necessarily think the rotate is, like, I, like, or, like, I think there's a very good chance that, like, you're not going to get to site for free. Now, maybe in this scenario, they he would have been able to get to site for free. But I, I, I feel like that's not really the point here. And I feel like the two options for the 5 HP player are, hey, I'm going to keep people here for as long as I can, right? 
which is basically until the other person plants a spike, uh, because at that point the jig's kind of up. But if you're going to try to keep people there, you know, maybe maybe you get maybe you get a lucky head tap or something like that, right? And you're thinning the other team's numbers. Or worst case scenario, you just try to stay alive and make noise for as long as possible on that site and guarantee that you're drawing all the rotates over to you while you're while the full health player with the spike ventures to the other site. Alternatively, I think that you go and you play first contact and try to like lead the other person to site so they can get more favorable gunfight. I feel like a holding back and staying in mid or wherever it may be, I guess we're on split, so maybe you hang out in mail. I feel like that's just not super valuable because if you're split up, you're not going to be able to be traded. And so there's a solid chance that your life is just forfeited for nothing. See, uh, I, Because I, even if you're playing the rattiest angle, you could still lose that gunfight. You know, like sure. you, you could you could not hit the the instant headshot. And if you're five HP, all they have to do is land a single shot. And if they are clearing their angles, especially if they're clearing them with pre-fires, like you're you're kind of fucked. And if the other player isn't there to trade you out, like what what's the point of you hanging around mid? Yeah, Cass. I mean, the, the thing about pre-fires is this is a very small point. But when in any game, pro or your own, have you seen someone? clearing literally every angle with the pre-fire i mean if you choose your angle well enough you have a pretty good chance of them not clearing you not that they won't ever clear you but like sorry that's I mean, that's I not cleared, very I really cleared, that big of a point. i clear discipline on dish with a pre-fire every single time well yeah uh, but it's yeah, not every discipline angle. on dish is a horrible place to lurk i mean i'm just saying like <laughs> and like i i usually clear mail with pre-fire as well yeah i mean unless i don't want them to know that i'm coming up into be heaven like yeah but like those aren't really like ratty angles to lurk in exactly those are very commonly known angles to hold in you know sure but like i mean you what mid split you're gonna hide on the other side of that like box outside of ropes sure like maybe yeah that's actually a great place yeah to be fair i would not yeah to be fair i would not have cleared that um Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, there's no way. I'd clear, I'd clear like lower mid, but like. Yeah, but you're not clearing the other side of the box. Yeah, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm not clearing that fucking other. I'm not clearing the other side of that box yet. No, there's not a fucking chance. Um. Okay, so here's the thing that I'm like, we're kind of getting a little bit away from my initial point, which I don't necessarily consider being in mail a lurk. If you're planting B site, like that's playing heaven. It's playing the rotate onto site, possibly like through ropes. But the lurk that I'm talking about is staying on A. Right? Like, this is a yeah, which, much which more I, significant I rotate. Is, oh, okay. I see. Okay. I see I'm saying, saying, like, if you are going to stay A and hold people there for literally as long as you possibly can, I feel like there's potentially some value there. And if they don't clear you, like, if you don't die, well, while your teammate gets the spike down, then they always have to be worried about the fact that you could be behind them. I think there is potentially some value there. Yeah, it's just a long rotate back because then you have it, a it farther is. way to go than the re- than all of the enemies to get to be site. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- this is really interesting because I think we all kind of learned by diving into what the word lurk means that we were talking about different things. <laughs> um, 
that's really valuable, I think, for this discussion slash debate. Um, I will say, Cass, one thing that you said there kind of, you know, flipped a switch in my head that, you know, I think you could combine two different strategies. If you have really good, like, coordination, if you're on that two-man team against the three-man and you have good coordination, I think what the optimal play might be if you're going for the high-risk, high-reward strategy is to have the low health player, like you were saying, make noise at A until your full health player gets to like top mid, where they know no one was lurking mid. They have a reasonable expectation at this point that B is probably clear. Not necessarily, but probably clear. And then at that point, you pull off and start like booking it through sewers so that you can get to mid to get into, lur- to get into position to catch a rotate. Mm-hmm. I won't even use the term lurk, just catch the rotate. Uh, you know, before they would, before they would be able to get yeah. there themselves. I know. Just so that the way they don't. Problem, like the one problem yeah. with sewers in particular is it's so fucking obvious and audible where you are. Like on any other map, this is right, true. With, with a different rotate that isn't literally stomping through water, mm-hmm. I could I could see that being more more valid of of a choice and. I might have gone for that myself if I was the low player. But on split, I feel like if you're going to stay at A and keep people there for as long as possible, and if you somehow don't die, I feel like you kind of have to go through ropes. Like, like I, I, I think sewers is just way too loud and way too like manageable for the other team to deal with. Well, that's where if, I would disagree. Sewers loud. If you have the timing right, because if you're clumping through stu- through sewers while everyone else, while you have everyone else's attention, like at A, then unless there was someone literally just like chilling in ropes ready to go, like people are top ramps, people are on site, people are CT, then you clump through sewers, you get to mid a couple seconds before anyone else can get to top mid. And then at that point, it's their guess whether you went to... Uh, mail, whether you went to ramen to go around to garage or whether you went to um, or whether you went to, to like somewhere up mid to get a cheeky angle. And like that's a lot of angles to clear. I just feel like there's no way you beat them to mid if you're going to fucking go loud through sewers. Well, I, I think there might be depending on where pl- people are playing on site. I completely understand what Hunter's saying here and I, I kind of like it. Um, the only thing that I have to say about it is I don't know if everyone would be on site because if you're right. in this two v three situation, um, say everybody did rotate over to A. Um, now you're making a lot of noise outside of A, being like, "Hey, I'm still here. We might still push it," but there's only one place that you're pushing from. They know you're both there, right? It's so in this two context, people are going to watch that. One person very likely is going to fall into top mid. Mm. Actually, potentially, yes, but also, like, I'm assuming you guys don't have a heaven control in no, this scenario. No, no, this yeah, is... Yeah, okay. So yeah. someone is almost assuredly playing a heaven slash ramp. I think, and I like think a, that that person often... May, there's probably one on site, one heaven slash ramp, the other, whatever this third person is, what they're playing I guess what actually heaven be themselves. My or, guess would be screens, actually. But somebody there is not doing a lot holding an angle well and if you have one playing if you have one playing deep sight one playing screens one playing heaven but they're not on site yet you don't like sure somebody's shooting bullets or using util but 
they're not on site, and you know that because you have two no, people watching the like, angle. There, there is, yeah, but there's the the person who isn't doing anything in that scenario is the person who is playing deep site, and like that person was probably there from the start of the round, so they're not the person to fall off. Now, I suppose you could do like a three man kind of rotate scenario where person playing heaven goes to top mid person playing screens rotates to heaven and then the person playing sight rotates over to screens or just somewhere to watch a main yeah um which could function i feel like that is again, exactly we're talking what would about happen. well we're talking about a ranked game here i feel like that's not like a well, super coordinated effort that's like oh the person being like top ramps is like oh fuck like you know someone's shooting but we don't know where the other guy is maybe i'll go watch mid and then the person screens is like, ah, I mean, now we don't have ramps control. Let me hop up to heaven. And the person on site is like, okay, well, I'm, now I'm holding this angle. Like, that's that's not a very difficult thing to coordinate. I think that would just happen. It's kind of a chain of events. Well, I guess, what I, I will say, like the... Pace, is that I feel like you, you your point there about that being the normal course of action is true if you're looking at a five stack versus a five stack, since it has to be five on five. Because what I've experienced many times in my own, like, solo queue or duo queue games is that I'm alone on a site, nothing is happening on the site, and then I hear, and then I hear the audio call out, spike down on the other site. And then I see in the kill feed, a bunch of enemies have been killed on that site. So I immediately start booking it over to that site to hold the spike and to prevent the last couple people from recovering the spike. And no one over there clearly communicates, oh, shoot, they actually got the spike back. So I get over there, and I'm kind of holding where the dead bodies are, and then I'm like, oh, wait a minute, spike isn't here. And I feel like that scenario happens a whole lot in Ranked, where because of a lack of communication, you know that the spike dropped at some point from the person with the spike being killed, but you have no idea where the spike is now. And when that happens, in many cases... You know, you end up just rotating to play with the team because if you did have spike down, it would be absolutely in your best interest to all be there on spike versus being spread out across the map. Uh, I kind of disagree with that. Sole purpose being like there are a bunch of agents who can somewhat safely recover the spike. Now, obviously, Yoru with alt could completely safely recover the spike, but like also Indeed. just like merrily, yeah. If you could, if you could just smoke it off, like I, I, I feel like. Now, obviously, once you get into, like, 2v2s, like, 2v3s, stuff like that, then yes, maybe you want to rotate over and play with your team anyway. But, like, so long as you've got bodies in general, I feel like like there are a bunch of ways in which the other team could recover Spike. Like, it's probably not in your best interest to immediately try to collapse onto it. Now, maybe well, maybe take some space up mid. Maybe push out a B garage, clear that, make sure no one's just like, you know, dick in hand sitting over there, um, doing dick all. But like, you know, I, I I feel like you should not necessarily just immediately converge to oh shit, spike's down. I can see spike is down, and like or, so like, or, let me break this down a bit further. All right, well, let's say I get an op kill, and that drops spike, and I communicate mm -hmm. to my team, hey. I've got spike down on like a lobby. Um, I, I don't necessarily think it should be an immediate conversion over there. 
because there's so many things that could be done to recover that spike. You could flash me off the angle. You could you could smoke it off. Like there's there, there's a bunch of ways in which they the enemy team could re- recover spike. And even if I communicate that, right? Like if it hasn't happened yet, that doesn't mean that it can't still happen depending on which agents are alive on their team. Right. Well, well, that's where, you know, if you're if I'm playing with you and we're in a five stack or at least we're in maybe like a three stack. And so we have a lot of comms anyway, you get that kill at the op. You can pretty quickly tell how recoverable the spike is. Like if if some idiot on the other team has the spike and they get all on split talking about you're opting from screens. Yeah, uh, I mean, CT, CT, you're opting from CT. Um, and they go, the, their sage has the bomb and goes all the way onto site first, and you kill them and drop spike on site, then you could say, you know, we have spike down on site, and then, of course, that should trigger a full rotate, because that is a very defensible position that's going to be very difficult for that, for them to recover. But if they have... If, yeah, if it's if down on down site, by, I agree with you. Right. If they have spike down by orb, then at that point, you could communicate they're probably about to recover spike. So my whole point is that if there's good communication, then I totally agree with you that, um, you know, there, there's, it's not always that you should rotate. But what I'm talking about is when there's not good communication, because a scenario that happens often, even in non-communicative ranked play, is on split, for instance, you might have three people go main and two people push mid. So if I'm playing on uh, B site, I see that there were three kills on A site and spike down on A site. And I immediately decide to take space mid, and then I run into the two players who are pushing mid and die. Now I have left it at a 2v2. And if I would have just rotated safely through CT and held spike where there was no one to recover it, we would have been in a much better position to deal with the two players who are flanking through ropes, especially as we realize they're not immediately grabbing spike. So that that's sort of my rationale there, but like... You know, it's it's a little bit of a weird topic discussing what you should do when you don't have the information that you really should have. Yeah. If you have communicative players. Well, I mean, I think that something that yeah. happens a lot is um, like you hear the call out like Valorant put into the game, right? The uh, you know, yeah. spike down a right. Mm-hmm. And so then you're like, oh, shit, like there were three kills over there. I'm going to I'm going to head over there. Uh, we yeah. have spike down, but the person that got those three kills, maybe they just sprayed them down, you know, but then they have fallen off the angle. Right, and they, right, they don't exactly. even have eyes on Spike. And so then you're like, wait, do we have Spike? And they peek it again, it's gone. And you have no fucking idea where Spike is at this point. Um, right. And that happens a, a lot. And obviously that's just not having the information that you should of someone being like, oh, I had to fall off. I don't have eyes on Spike. Mm. You know? Or they, yeah. they could have Spike again, or they could have retrieved. Yeah. Conversely, I feel like there are a bunch of situations in which, like, now, obviously, I only notice this when I'm dead and I'm spectating somebody else's POV. Um, and I can't say I'm not guilty of this myself, but, like, I just don't notice it when I'm the one doing it. I I feel like there are a bunch of scenarios in which people overhold Spike, right? Like, let's say you got, like, let's say you got super fucking aggressive. Um, and I, I guess we'll just stick with Split here, right? You you push through A main pretty much immediately on barrier drop, right? You you get a kill or two, you see spikes down. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't necessarily think you should try to hold that. Because like I like you're you're kind of isolated unless the rest of your team is right there to back you up. Um like you you're you're rather isolated and you you it's 
it's it's not a super defensible position for you. And it, perhaps split isn't the best example of this, but I, I see it a lot on like ascent when people get aggressive on the extremities and drop spike is people try to hold that spike too like too long instead of just falling and back too far into enemy territory that you yeah exactly taken. too far into enemy territory you're 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 trying to stick there and like if the enemy team even has mediocre comms slash the other people on their team know how to use their mini map like they know exactly where you are right yeah. um yeah. And, sure. and i feel I mean, like this people, is all about communication again yeah but like even with like i'm saying even in the absence of communication when the two people that like let's say you go in and get two picks um even when those two people don't communicate jack shit like if you've looked at your mini map it's like okay they pushed out of here they dropped spike there's nowhere else for them to go they're still holding from right there if they want to hold it um and, and i see people kind of overstay their welcome a lot because they're trying to maintain like spike control when it's down um, well, I think this again, is communication say... on the other end that matters. It's communication on the defense here because as a defender, like you could have people backing you up and take that space around the spike and then you can hold that. That's completely fine. The problem here is when you don't communicate, hey, I need people to take spike and then you stay there or like to take space yeah. around spike mm -hmm. and then you stay there longer and you're kind of just out on your own in a 3v1 for someone trying to retrieve it. Um, yeah. and obviously I think that if you're, if you got really aggressive and there was nobody there to back you up, then definitely you should fall off if it's going to take people to a while to get there. But if there's a couple people that you could be like, Oh, I don't see anybody else here. Get the fuck over here and let's hold it. That's right. Fine. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just see a lot of scenarios in my games where like, again, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not guilty of this myself, but like. I just see people are like overstaying their welcome in enemy territory, trying to maintain spike control when you should probably just fall back, even if it gives the other team spike back. Uh, because uh, like worst case scenario here, if you fall back, they they still need to clear like that angle. They still need to be aware of the fact that you could still be there, and you're burning time off the clock. Like they're, it's going to take them some time to recover spike. It's not going to be a knife out, run through the area. Oh, there's no fucking way anybody's here. Right. I'm just going to recover spike willy nilly. Um, and like, again, this is something that like kind of, and I noticed this like of my own gameplay, like kind of right before chamber came out. And then once chamber came out, it just wasn't as relevant for me. But like, I, I noticed myself like doing a similar thing in which I'd get aggressive as Jet, and then get a pick or two, and then not just fall back and play numbers with my team. And I end up giving myself up. And if I'm only getting one pick, and then they go one for one, that's still beneficial for the attackers, even if I get first blood there. Like, if I get first blood and then immediately die, like, 4v4, I think, is beneficial to the attack. Um... So, yeah, I would agree. Like I, I, that was something that I definitely noticed myself, even if it wasn't like a spike down like situation, is that like I, I realistically should be trying to get that pick, and then trying to fall back, and I think the same thing applies even when spikes down. Like I understand perhaps you've got a bit more of a reason to stick around when spikes down, but 
uh, it's just a, like I think is I think it's a mistake, and I see it all too commonly, like at our ELO. Yeah, and uh, I think the worst part of the mistake, like you said, is killing the person with spike and continuing to peek the exact same angle that you killed the person at where the spike is. Because there, like like you guys have said, if the other team has any semblance of comms, they'll say what happened, and then the other person will pre-fire you. Whereas, like, you mentioned Ascent Cast. If you have a situation where you killed the spike carrier in B Garage pretty quickly, and, you know, you get a couple... You or other teammates get a couple other kills as well. So you've gotten three kills in, in B Garage and you've dropped the spike there, you're pretty confident that for the moment no one is there to immediately trade those kills that you've made, then I think falling off is perfectly fine, like you said. I also think, like, repositioning to a different angle that's kind of cheeky works out as well. Like, I would tend to want to go across Garage to, like, I don't even know what the callout is, but, like, Cubby, the little, like, indent that's across from, like, the doorway to site from Garage. So that way, like, you know... If they if they decide to take spike and continue to push sight, then I'll be at a cool angle relative to them. Or if they don't and I hear them walking away through mid, I can calm that to my team. So yeah, I think I think the re- the worst mistake is just to watch spike from the same angle where you killed someone because that just, just makes it really easy for the other team to kill you. Yeah, and also for for reference, when I say getting aggressive, I was talking like you get those picks on like tiles. Like I wasn't saying you get them in garage. I'm saying you get them like. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Like, okay. I, I'm I'm saying, like, you pushed through Garage, you got those kills on, like, tiles, which, like... Oh, there, don't There's not tiles. a lot of places. Yeah. Yeah, like, how the, how the fuck are you going to hold that? Like, the only place you could possibly be is Garage. Or, like, Ticket Booth. You're like, maybe, but, like... And, like, okay, let's say you get to Ticket Booth, right? Yes, you're protected from T-Spawn, but, like, Lynx and, like... Like, from fucking Cat, Lynx, like, that little nub in mid, I don't know, I don't even think there's a call-out for it. But, like, you're so exposed if you're by Ticket Booth. True. And to get to the other side of Ticket Booth, like, that's, you're you're really exposing yourself. And chances are, if you get kills and tiles, like, someone is probably B-Link. Like, hey, if you, if you can get around Ticket Booth, there's a pretty good chance you can check their spawn for AFKs, so there's that. <laughs> yeah that could be very useful at our elo so <laughs> yes very much so <laughs> that that was obviously not serious i go yeah but like i i just feel like there's no like there's no realistic way in which you get to the other side of ticket booth and then you're you're just like you're, you're a sitting duck right there so i i feel like you're like 100 percent of the time like you should probably just fall back well unless you're not alone that's the whole thing. Yeah, okay. Right? Like if there's uh, yeah, three granted, of you yeah. pushing, then sure. that's fine. Yeah. All right, what do we got up next? We strayed a little bit from the uh, from the original yeah, topic. Okay, but no, I okay, hold on. Getting, getting really quickly, getting back to the original topic. I feel like we should maybe implement this. And I understand Chase personally doesn't like using an op, so like maybe not. I kind of do like using an op. Exactly. I'd be down that, to trade you some time, Cass. Like, yeah. like, by all means. Like, I'll, I mean, I'll give fucking, it a shot. Fuck it. Like, if you're fucking 1 <laughs> HP, or, like, I guess sub-40. Like, if you're sub-40 HP, to the point mm-hmm. where, like, assuming the enemy team has a full buy, like, and realistically speaking, we're probably in a full buy versus full buy round here. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, come up to me. If I've got the op, be like, yo, Bogdan's. I'm like, I'll, I'll drop it over. 
I mean, have Sounds you considered good. the circumstance where you might want to save the up? Uh, that's a separate circumstance. Well, realistically, in speaking, which case, if perhaps, the person on, I might give you the op, and then I go in and see if I can make some magic happen. And then I, and can if I don't, and I die, and then you can save the op. Right. Yeah, because realistically, if you're saving an op, probably you either take no damage or you die. There aren't that many circumstances yeah. where you need your health to tank, <laughs> right, right, but still true. live. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I can think of maybe a handful of situations in which, like, I have taken damage while trying to save the op and managed to successfully I mean, there's, like, it. a second left, yeah. and you're bunny-hopping around trying not to get shot by them, and you barely <laughs> right, don't. Right, right. right like... <laughs> yeah. 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 I feel like if you're, if you're trying to save the op, either you, you don't encounter anyone, or you just kill them. Or they kill you. Yeah. Yeah, or they kill you. Well, they don't kill me, because I don't... I, I've never failed to save an op when I've decided to, ever. Oh, yeah, definitely happened. not. No. Yeah. That didn't happen, like, four times last night. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Now, now uh, before we transition to the next topic, do you mind if I say a tangent to this topic that I don't really have a discussion topic for, but I, if I throw it out there, maybe one of you guys will. Okay. Do you mind if I do that, Cass? Throw it out there. Cool. Okay, so I had one of the more frustrating games I've had in recent memory a couple nights ago with my dad. My dad plays Sage, and I was playing Brim. And the remaining three players on our team were duelists. I believe we had a Yoru, a Jet, and a Reyna. Now, the on offense, which we started on, um, our Yoru and, excuse me, our Jet were not interested in pushing sight at all. Like, we would encounter a single obstacle. Like, we would encounter a smoke, smoking off of main. Smoking off main. And they would just be paralyzed, unable to do, to do anything but blind fire through the smoke. Did your jet have an op? Uh, not on offense, no. I, okay. I don't know if she ever bought an op on offense. Okay. Either so, way, yeah, we were losing so much, I'm not sure that she easily had money for an op. Right, okay. I was going to say, in that scenario, yeah, yeah. fucking smoke and dash in. Have your Yoru fucking flash out. Like, don't be weaned. Right, right. So, yeah. <laughs> so now our Reyna was marginally better. She, what she would do is there would be a smoke put down, and she would step up to the smoke, and she would throw her leer out, and then she would get uh, tagged up a bunch by the enemy just spraying through the smoke, and then she would immediately say, oh guys, I'm low HP, I can't push, and then berate our Yoru and Jet for not pushing in. And well, so that's berating why the Yoru and Jet for not pushing in, I think actually is valid. Well, yes, it is. It is. But this came to mind because I was thinking about this when we were talking about being low HP. Um, because on the one hand, yes, Yuru and Jet not pushing in was a massive problem. And they absolutely needed to be doing that. As a Yoru, I very much push into sights, as you guys both know. But the Reyna taking, like, damage and then being, taking damage and then being, and she was usually pretty low, like, less than 50 HP. And then being like, well, I can't push in. I just have to support the push at this point. I feel like if she goes in and she finds someone and then she isn't traded, then, then, then that's on the other people. If the other people don't push in when she does and they don't even attempt to trade her, then that's on them. But your role as a duelist is to entry, regardless of if you die. So if you take damage in the process of throwing out your leer, don't just back off and say, oh, I guess I got to wait now. Go in there and die. Now you know, they're blind. Everyone else know right? where they're like, yeah. You used exactly. your leer. You used your utility. Like, they're just blind spraying the smoke. And, you know, right. maybe round after round, if she's doing this, fucking adjust. 
you know? Exactly. Throw yeah. out your leer from a different angle and, like, don't stand directly behind the smoke where they're going to be spraying, right? Like, exactly, yeah. I mean, also, yeah, like, one of the one of the more frustrating, and, oh, also, I, I guess this is also a bit of a side topic, but um, friendship ended with Chamber moving back to the jet. Wild. Wild. Just, just, just is way too much fun. Now, obviously, <laughs> I, w- I will, and now it's kind of hard because I play with Hunter a lot, and he fucking insta-locks Yoru like a complete fucking degenerate. Um, and then somebody else on my team's probably going to want to play Duelist, but, like, dude, Jets just so much fun. Okay, but back to the main topic. Um, one of, one of my more, quote-unquote, successful games is Jet, in which my, my personal stat line wasn't great. Um, and I don't think I was in a solo queue game. I think I was playing with one other person, but I was kind of just lamenting on the fact that, like, you know, like, I wasn't doing that well this game. You know, like, I'd, I, like, I wasn't doing dog shit either. Like, I was kind of middle of the pack in terms of, the, like, the scoreboard. Um, but I definitely had more deaths than I had kills. My team was still stoked. Because, like, I'd smoke and dash. I'd get onto site. I'd lose the gunfight. And then get traded. And now my team has space. Right? And I was just kind of, like, being salty about it. Because I wasn't getting kills. And I was just getting fucking wrecked every time that I went onto site. But, like... My team was still super stoked about it. You're still doing your job. Yeah. Right. Which, like, again, it, 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 it's frustrating when you don't see the, the, like, the results of what you were doing on the scoreboard. It's almost like Cass is getting a taste like, of what it's like to use your utility to benefit your team, even <laughs> if it's not reflected in the scoreboard. Something <laughs> that he often, right often gives me shit for. When I'm playing back so that I can use my smokes. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you happen to be a random main listening to this podcast, please just fucking W key. Like fucking oh, yes, toss yes. a wear out, toss another wear out, just fucking W key in. Like, if I don't trade you, that's on me, not you. Oh, but on the, on the site that everybody's pushing, ex- not while you're working. I would working. extend that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ho- hopefully, hopefully on the site that we are near (laughs) yeah Yeah, i would i would also extend that to basically all of the duelist mains aside from uh jet because jet is a little different um it's just that reina mains seem to have the biggest problem with internalizing this but it's nice it's not it's nice to get those entry kills when you are entry. it is right it is like when 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 you're the dedicated entry on the team even if you're doing your job, it just kind of feels bad when you just fucking walk in and just get fucking killed by a ratty corner. Um, and, like, obviously yeah. that's that's your job, right? Your job is to go in and clear out all those ratty corners, or at least die to one of them so your team knows where it is. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, yeah. Um, what feels bad is when you're rolling the other team and everybody else gets there before you. <laughs> and I'm like, well, fuck, I, I would yeah. have some kills because we flawless them the last four rounds, but I was the last into sight and <laughs> didn't get those yep. kills. Um, but that's very much a DJ. Yeah, you end, yeah, you like, you right end the game, like you 13 won them and your score line is like four and four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're just like, well, well, fuck. Yep. I mean, I guess I didn't 
die often and yeah. my utility was probably very useful to getting us that score line yeah. but yeah. i guess like just setting up other people is lamer than setting you up yourself to, yeah, you yeah, right it's like clearly you didn't pop off no performance <laughs> bonus for you on that one chief yeah yeah sorry yeah. We'll, we'll give you a plus six yeah, <laughs> so exactly. that's 13 yep. one <laughs> uh, see i would have I mean, you would have got more kills I, if you were that much better than the other team i mean like i i, I w key so i i don't really know what uh i might w key on the wrong site but i w key so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I definitely i definitely get into my fair share of engagements throughout a game regardless of where they may be, may be taking place See, Cass, I feel I feel like you don't quite understand the meaning of W key. I'm going to keep it real with you here, Chief, because I will agree with you that you get into your fair share of engagements. And often, even when you're playing Chamber, who's not a duelist, I'll look at the First Bloods and find that you're one of the top members of our team in First Bloods. But like, often you're taking those duels from long range, because that is your specialty. That's what you're really damn good at, is taking Damn, an initial I want to duel. a rifle. Well, okay... Yeah, but your your whole your whole play style is around not using a rifle as much as possible. Yeah, and, and <laughs> taking that opening angle peak. It's not like you're W keying right, right. the site after that. You're taking that opening angle yeah. peak and then fucking off. That's not W keying. Yeah, I, well, no, I rarely I, I rarely look at the mini map on the site. I rarely look at the mini map and I've been like, or and, and I'm like, I, God actually, damn, Cass is taking so much space. I'm usually I, I, like, God okay, damn, Cass has got some nice w opening picks. Into mid, I'd rather W key yeah. into mid than onto site like granted perhaps that's not as useful but like i i feel like especially as jet like i do take quite a bit of space well yeah but it's then just... you normally you stay in mid and take additional duels like if you compare what you're calling w keying versus what alex does as reyna when he w keys there is a huge difference in how much both of you are pressing the w key yeah i'll tell you that right now <laughs> and I'm not saying that's a bad yeah. thing at all, right? I'm saying that, like I, what you're doing can still be useful and getting the picks yeah. and setting up your team, but it's not necessarily W keying. Yeah, I would say aggressive lurking is more what you like to do. Would you say that's fair, Cass? That that, that is uh, that is fair. Also, yeah. uh, was that a battle pass? The the W key. Like, I think it was. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. I, think it I am. Was. I am so fucking upset. I don't have that. <laughs> like, yeah, it's they, a good buddy to, to have. Put... Like, they need to put some of the buddies, like, the old buddies back, or, like, have them be attainable in some way. And if the manner in which they're obtainable is a buy-and-sell market, I'd be fine with that. I would like, be especially fine with that, considering how much stuff I have from the first couple battle passes, which would be very oh, valuable. very, very valuable. Yeah. Right. All I'm saying is, like, mm -hmm. I'd, I'd, I'd pay for the W key gun buddy. Fuck, I might pay for a polyfox something. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, uh, wait, okay. So polyfox is still the best do, battle pass okay, in line I ever. I do don't highly, have highly fuck with the polyfox. Mm -hmm. Right, and there was there was one guy, I, I remember us being in the game, and I asked if anybody had a bulldog skin. Because it is, I believe... No, no, it is. It is the only skin in the, or it is the only gun in the game that I do not have a skin for. Um, not necessarily premium, but like just any. Skin. You don't like have I've any got, bulldog skin. Yeah. No, I've got no bulldog skin. Just matte black standard. Oh. Um, and I believe every other gun in the game, I have something for. Um, and the majority of them, admittedly, are just the one, the single battle pass that I bought. But I like, I actually use the bulldog now. 
Uh, and so I was asking somebody, I was like, yo, like, does anybody have a bulldog skin that, like, I could grab off you for this round? And one of the guys was cheekily just like, yeah, yeah, like, I, I got one. Um, and I'm like, dope, cool, I'll take it. So I buy him the bulldog, and he throws it over to me and starts laughing. And it's the polyfox. Uh, and his whole thing was like, ah, I gave you, like, a, a shit skin or whatever. Dude, that guy <laughs> is like, that such a so, so, Yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah. I'd be like, hell yeah. It's like, dude, I'm fucking stoked on this. Like, I love the polyfox. Yeah. <laughs> and the dude is just like, what? <laughs> no, admittedly, he probably thought I was asking for, like, you know, an animated skin. Mm-hmm. Like a protocol um, or something. Or a glitch yeah, pop. Like, or, yeah, a yeah. protocol, glitch pop, yeah. like, I don't know, something, right? Spectrum. But I was, I was stoked to get the... Uh, to get the polyfox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what. Pretty dope. Yeah, I I don't like the spectrum on the bulldog. I think it looks kind of stupid. And it might I, be my I favorite am, animated bulldog skin. I am an avid. Really, that's a hot take. Fan. Chase. Yeah, I, that is a hot take. I. It looks almost too bulb up for me, but not like it looks too boxy and like the robot, like the Roblox kind of thing that like the Minima has. Yeah, but, like, it's like it's cool. It's like Minima got better. Yeah, but like, I mean, it's, it's like definitely better than minimum, but minimum is a low fucking bar, Chase. <laughs> nah. Right nah, you guys are sleeping on the minimum skins. No, dude, the minimum skins reaching, are bad. Um, fuck. Uh, what is it? Whatever the fuck is going on in Reykjavik right now, I can't come up with the term. Masters. Yeah, Masters um, 1. Masters 1. Yeah, that one. Uh, Scream has been using the minimum Phantom. Not gonna lie, it's starting to grow on me a bit. Pretty dope. Kinda is it cleaning. just the Scream is using it, dude? Yeah. I mean... <laughs> the no. things he can do with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, it's just, like... It's clean. I'll give it that. It's kind dude, of if, Scream was, if Scream was using the Singularity Phantom, you'd be like, well, I might no, be changing no, no, my no, opinion no, no, a bit. No, 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 Because... The, does the Minima have any altered sound effects? No, no. No. Okay, then on second thought, I don't like the Minima. Because I don't like standard Phantom sound. Um, but yeah, it, the visuals of it have been growing on me just a teeny bit. Now the sheriff still looks stupid as all fuck, but like, yeah, the phantom stonks are rising just, just a little. Okay. This actually, my personal, sorry, sorry go, go for it, Hunter. This is all you. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, well, I will say the only minima skin that I like, and I had never seen it. Like in a game, I, the first time I saw it was in one of the streams of Masters One, was the Minima Op, because instead of just being a boxy version of the original, there are a couple little details that are really cool. Like the scope is like boxy, but looks kind of unique and special. It even has this like little like side thing on it that looks sort of like a reflex sight. Like I don't know what it's supposed to be, but I think the Minima Op is actually kind of cool. But I do not vibe with any of the other Minima skins. Well, Chase, I know what you're going to say, but you want to... Yeah, yeah. I I was going to say that this transitions perfectly into uh, a topic that I was talking with Cass about earlier. And we're going to do fucking skin review on on the new skin oh, that yeah. just came out. So what, oh, uh, let's go. What the fuck are they called? Anyone? Doodle? Uh, doodle, doodle Pop? Doodle Bud? Like, like I want to say Doodle Bud. Let me look, let me look it up. Like Doodle Bob? Like the SpongeBob character? Uh, Let me see. No, I, I think they're called Doodle something. Yeah. At any are. rate, we're, we're talking about Doodle the one Buds. Where, Doodle Buds is, is the name. Oh, okay. So I cool. just looked it up. Uh, basically, yeah. you, you kill people, gun gets more colorful. Um, yep. Roger that. 
if you need more of a description, just open up Valorant, click on your store. It's currently the featured pack. Um, yeah. It will be when this episode goes live. It may not be if you're listening to this in the future. Um, but basically, not a fan. I could break it down for you, but like, not not really a fan. Uh, Hunter, Chase, you guys got any... Yeah. overarching takes on it before we really get into the nitty gritty here yeah so Go we ahead, were talking Chase. about this uh like a few days ago before it had actually released and all, all you could see was like the little like screenshots of the pack on google and i thought they were dog shit i was like this is dumb and then i went into the, my store today and i clicked on them and went through them and i'm like hmm it's kind of dope Whoa, <laughs> that's a hot take there, buddy. They're kind of pretty clean. They look they look pretty clean. Um, it like just the all white. I actually really like the all white with the black outlines of the characters. Um and I think it's I think it's kind of sick. Now, would I ever pay the amount they're charging? Fuck no. But I think it would be a sick battle pass skin. Would be a rad battle pass skin, but I think it's yeah. It like now okay. I think Riot kind of dug themselves into a bit of a hole with the battle pass that had the Karambit on it and the Velocity skins and the schemas, yeah, yeah schema skins and the Hydro Dip. Like that battle pass was so fucking good that like. I, I, I think they're kind of in a rough scenario now with, like, future battle passes. For example, I think the current one, absolute dog shit. Yeah, it's a dog shit like battle pass. current battle pass. All right? And I, I know the two of you guys kind of like the Heavenly Swine or... Yeah, yeah, that's... that's I think that those are fun. You know, but I'm not paying for the battle pass no, for those. Those look so fucking bad. Um, but I, I do think that they dug themselves into a bit of a hole. And releasing something like the current pack that is in the the store as a battle pass skin would be valid now uh, because of how high the bar was set. But, okay, but they would have to have no like they would not have to have the effect that they have, you know, where they increase based on the kills you get in a round. Like the the color gets drawn in. I guess I mean like that's a cool feature, but I don't think that that would be something that would be on a battle pass skin. But I wouldn't be opposed along the lines of battle pass skin. Well, the thing is, along the lines of what you said, Cass, is that you know if they added that to the next battle pass, that would raise the bar that much higher for battle pass skins. Yeah, to have like a a brand new effect feature, like it's similar to like the kill counter on RGX or the voice lines on um, right whatever protocol. The, the protocol you know like this is a completely new feature for a skin and that's why i think they justify putting the price up to where it is um right which is fucking ridiculous because it's a battle pass skin with a single extra feature on it but hey yeah there's only one on radionite i mean yeah because there's only if you're one spending money level. on radionite you're an idiot anyway <laughs> you should get the radionite from the battle pass i'm not fucking even buying the free tier passes, even the free tier dude you like should, yeah, that is that you is get, exclusively how I get my Radiantite. You get like, more yeah. Radiantite from the Battle Pass than $10 worth of Radiantite. That's interesting. Yeah, because you get 50 Radiantite, right? And the epilogue from gives the you another pass. 30. Yeah, that's... Yeah. 
I mean, admittedly, yeah, the, like it's a bit of a grind to defend us the epilogue. I mean, I like, have like yeah. five hundred radiantite, and I have fully upgraded all the skins really? that I can. How I, I only have like ninety radiantite, but that's a testament to how much money I spend. On the I game. Say, I've got I've got a hundred <laughs> radiantite, and I haven't yeah. purchased a skin in a very long time. But like, I mean. Because the the big thing is right, like when I bought the that uh like the whole RGX pack, which admittedly I have some buyer's remorse on, the knife is cool as fuck though. Um, yeah, it's just the rest of the skins I don't really dig. But dude, the Stinger skin is so rad. You should be very happy you have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I can really count on one fucking hand how many times I have bought the Stinger <laughs> since I swapped it over to the RGX. I know, I know. Yeah, that's and a dope also, Stinger skin. I, I, if you want to trade me that sometime in game. Yeah, uh, yeah, by all means. Also, I, uh, well, you should probably get it from Hunter, because I haven't spent the Radiantite to upgrade it at mm. all. Ooh, um, yeah, I got you, Chase, don't worry. So then you're <laughs> saying it doesn't actually play into the point you're trying to make at all. No, 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 <laughs> but I did spend the Radiantite on the Vandal, thinking I would like the Vandal. Uh, but then it turns out that I just hate the sound the Vandal makes, and I can't aim for shit with it. So, the Glitch Pop. Vandal, which I previously purchased, which is rad as fuck, and I think still, like, I I know it was super fucking popular when it came out, and has been on a, I think it's been on a steady decline since, yeah. but I I feel like it's in need of a of a renaissance. The well, I think the biggest reason why the Glitchpot Vandal yeah. was so popular, along the lines of something you said earlier this week, Cass, is that. The Glitch Pop 2.0 pack was the single best value for pack of any pack ever. Because yeah. you got you got a knife skin, you got a classic skin, you got an op skin, and you got both a Phantom and a Vandal skin. There has yeah. never been a pack that's come close to that in terms of supplying you with the all the guns like the average person uses. Yeah, that's yeah, like, pretty insane. And now admittedly the the operator yeah. is a bit more of the like special tier of like or specialty tier in that not everybody's going to use that skin, right? There are a ton of people who play, and regardless of how much money you have, you're you're never going to be like, you know what? I'm going to buy an op. No, um, but it's known as like the high tier, like yeah, but like yeah, and like most then... like most games I get into on my team, someone wants to op on defense, and sometimes it's two people who want to op on defense. Mm-hmm. So and like, yeah, that's a... not everyone. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but like. No, like, yes, I, I'm just saying, like, the, the op is a bit more of a specialty skin, right? right? Um, but that being said, Phantom, Vandal, classic, knife, like, like, yep, yeah, like, best fucking bang for buck out of any pack ever. Yeah, pretty And wild. I think yeah. they're dope as fuck skins. Um, okay, but the... Now, fuck, now I kind of lost my whole train of thought with this. Uh, doodle okay. buds? No, no, oh, yeah, yes. No, no. Um, You're talking about the RGX and upgrading it with radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, here. like, I, I spent a shit ton on, um, and, like, uh, it's the only Guardian's gonna have, and, like, admittedly, I never fucking buy a Guardian. Um, but, like, you know, I like it on the Guardian, so, like, I, I put the Radianite into that. I put the Radianite into the Vandal, uh, despite me not liking it, but I found that out later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I upgraded the knife that has fewer tiers to upgrade, so, like, less of a big deal. But then also, I have a a high-tier skin for 
all of the other guns that I use with I, I, technically the exception of the Marshall. Uh, and so like my Radionite, when I bought that pack immediately disappeared. And then I was waiting on the next like battle pass, like the free Radionite that I got from that to actually upgrade some stuff. Yeah. So Cass, when you go, when you go to uh, a store to get some food and you give them the money, do you, do you then tell the cashier, Oh my God, my money immediately disappeared. <laughs> like, what was the point of you mentioning the fact that your Radiantite immediately disappeared? No, no, no. Like, the whole point was just, like, my Radiantite went to zero. I needed more Radiantite. Like, oh, oh, that you actually I, had okay, zero. Like, I see, yeah, like, I, I didn't have enough Radiantite to fully upgrade <laughs> the Vandal. And I was saying, okay, that I, want, I want this Vandal, like, and I wanted this Vandal to have the, um, like, the, the black variant. Uh, because I'm like, yeah. yo, like, the black with the purple looks clean as fuck. That's what I want to be running. And I, yep. I just didn't have enough Radiantite to even get there. So, like, yeah, literally just, like, I was at zero. I open up the Radiantite shop. I'm like, all right, look, like, I, you know, I had to put more money into the game than the whole pack costs. And so, like, I had some left over. And then I pull up the fucking Radiantite cost, and I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah. Like, not a fucking chance. Like, no fucking way is this happening. Um, yeah. Somewhat shamefully, I have bought Radiantite once, and that was when I was you very new to the game. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you lay it on me, Cass. It's fair. Uh, it was within the first couple months of me playing Valorant when the Glitch Pop 1.0 pack came out, and I wanted to be able to upgrade everything in the pack. And I had no idea how much I would be playing in the future to where, you know, I really didn't need to spend the money on the Radiantite, or if I would have thought about it, I could have, like, bought one more Battle Pass and then gradually gotten it. But yes. I did shamefully buy some Radiantite for that. Also, can we briefly discuss the fact that the, the Glitch Pop 1.0 pack, while being dope as fuck, one of the worst bang for buck packs. Well, here's the thing. It's, it's one of the worst bang for buck packs for most people. However, for me, it's been incredible bang for buck. Because when I bought the pack, I would save until... Odin, man. Exactly. What is it? I would is say it Odin it, Bulldog Judge? It's Odin, Odin Bulldog, Bulldog Judge, Judge Frenzy Knife. Yeah, oh, admittedly, wow. the okay. knife the knife is fucking cool. Thank you. The Cass. frenzy is dope. That. Yeah. Knife is dope, frenzy's dope. And the Odin is dope, but only if you like Odin's, and a lot of people right. just hate Odin's. Yeah, but so like, like, also like fuck Odin's. That's and a great color pack though. Yeah. Bulldog, Bulldog is very nice as well. Dope I can't decide if I like that. Yeah. Dope in hindsight, not dope at the time. Mm-hmm. But, like, what I was saying is that when I bought the pack, like, in the first couple months since I bought the pack, I ended up using the knife all the time, the Odin, anytime I could afford it, and the Frenzy a lot as well. And so, like, those three skins alone, like, are awesome. And now that, like, I've matured as a player, I now use the Judge and the Bulldog much more than I do the Odin. But, like, still, for me personally, the pack was incredible value, and that I never regret buying that pack. Never once have I regretted it. Now, Hunter, what is your opinion on the the Doodle Buds skin pack? Because I don't think we got yours. Oh yeah, yeah. So I went ahead and pulled it up in my Valorant store as Chase was talking because I actually hadn't looked at it in my Valorant store since it actually launched. And my opinion on it is that yes, it is cool. However, Excuse me, the skins that that they chose to make an increasing drawing based on how many kills you get, or increasing coloring of the drawing based on how many kills you get, 
are very impractical and questionable. Like, if they would have made this skin pack, like Cass was mentioning, like the Glitch Pop 2.0, if they would have done classic Phantom Vandal op, I would have said, oh, this skin pack is pretty interesting, because all of those skins, like, if you're good with one of those guns, you could very conceivably get an ace with one of those guns, and get to see the full drawing on your skins. I guess classic I like would... Ghost, yeah, Ghost over classic for sure. That's true, but Despite like, you've seen classic ghosts. You've seen classic. Yeah, 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 sure. But like, despite my hate of the ghost, I feel like you're more likely to get multi kills in a pistol round if you like the ghost yeah. using the ghost. I well, think oh the yeah, ghost just, just more... to be clear, I would totally agree that the ghost is more likely that you would get multi kills, and that would be even better. Yeah, okay. I was just mentioning just, if you pick. Yeah, yeah you're just picking it to be the exact same as the the glitch pop 2.0. Right, right, right. Yes, yeah. I would totally agree that the ghost would be better. But the fact of the matter is that the shorty. When have you ever seen someone get an ace with a shorty? Like, I have been on the Valorant subreddit basically since the game launched, and I don't ever remember once seeing a shorty ace. And I have, I have three kills in a round with a shorty. Right, but yeah, like... That's impressive. But, like, the that fact that impressive. that's incredibly impressive <laughs> means that, like, getting an ace with a shorty is fucking impossible. Yeah, like, yeah, no. Exactly. Like well, also, yeah. because a lot of the times, like... Okay, realistically, if you're buying a shorty, you're either buying it to rat a corner yep, and upgrade your gun, in which case you are no longer using the shorty, or it's a backup to an operator. Exactly. In which case, it's going to do its job, but it's not your primary gun. So yep. I would 100% agree, like, there, there's no realistic way in which you get an ace with a shorty because, like, you're you're going for an upgrade – or you're going for a backup. Um, and honestly, in the recent VCT, I've actually seen it been used by um, uh, someone today, I believe it was on uh, NIP, had was holding um, B Tower on, on Fracture and would consistently buy a shorty to just be like, hey, fuck you. Like, if you come in here, I mean, I've got no, a shorty. it was the, who That's was great. the Zeta? Zeta? Was it Zeta? It was that on did Zeta. It? I mean, and then the, one player from NIP um, copied the same strategy, but uh, whoever was holding tower, I think it was the the sky the Astra, or Astra. Okay, was consistently using the shorty to very good effect on Zeta. Yeah, yeah. But nonetheless, yeah, someone's it, coming up that rope and you go blam yeah. blam. I mean, they're dead. Yeah, but like it's a yeah. backup gun. It is not your your. Right. I'm going into this round with this gun, and yeah, there's no fucking way you're getting like I. If anybody knows of a shorty ace, by all means, toss it in the Discord. I'd love Please to do. see it. Please do. But like, yeah. I, I 100% agree with you, Hunter. I, I I don't think shorty ace is really in the cards. Okay, yeah, so yeah. I want to get back to so, Hunter's original point in a second, but just a, a, a slight extra point. Um, is is this coloriz- colorization happening only for the gun in which you get the kills on? Or is it the amount of kills you've gotten that round? Like, if I get five, five kills a with question. a Vandal and then swap to my shorty, is it fully colored? You know what, Hunter? You're the loaded man in this chat. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> 
buy it and find out. Test this out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Cass, here's the thing. What you misunderstand is I'm not the most loaded man in this chat. I'm the most willing to spend money I don't have in this chat. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, I'm not sure if I'm willing to spend money on this pack. <laughs> um, like even even yeah. like Hunter's point aside, which like I would like to finish in a second here, I'm just not stoked on it in general. But yeah, um, so mm-hmm. Hunter, go ahead and where 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 is your ending? ending yeah, yeah. Marker? So to to bring this to a uh, to a conclusion about the pack, that I think that if you compare this skin pack for the price to the Ion Prime and Reaver packs, all of which cost the same per gun, that already makes it a tough sell. And then when you consider that the shorty and to a lesser extent the marshal, obviously if you're yay, you probably do ace with the marshal a fair bit. Cass actually does get a lot of multi kills with the marshal, so maybe it'd be worth it for him. But I don't in general, think I have a marshal ace. Yeah, but I've even got a, a marshal four K, yeah. not not an ace. I'm sure you've gotten several marshal four Ks because you're really good with the marshal. But like for most people, the marshal is not great. For everybody, the shorty is not great. So to think that one gimmick is worth the same as those other skin lines I mentioned. I really, I really have to feel like Riot is banking purely on the fact that the hardcore League of Legends f- fans will absolutely freak out, being like, "Oh my god, I can get League of Legends characters on my Valorant gun? No way!" Wait, because this okay. is the first time that this has actually also, happened. Well, there's also the ruination, which is well, yeah, but that's just one single character, and if you don't main that character in League of Legends, maybe you don't care. Yeah, okay, but also, like, wait, what are you no. talking about? These are Valorant characters. There, there's a. Uh, there are three there different variants, options. Variants. Yeah, there are three different variants. variants. Well, okay. One of them is Valorant <laughs> characters. One of them is League of Legends characters, and one of them is Tactabuddies characters. So they're like the the various animals that we've seen throughout Valorant, like on the skin. So those are the okay. variants for the gun. interesting. But, okay. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, even with like the League of Legends thing, right? Like now, admittedly, or admittedly, I don't play League. I tried it once. Not for me. I don't fucking get how the game works. But yeah. the Ruination pack is a reference to League. The Arcane pack is a reference to League. To and, the League show, specifically. Yeah, Arcane. But then also the Sentinels of Light is also a reference to League. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the price on the Ruination and the Sentinels of Light were in roughly the same tier. So like, I, I believe so. Yes. Been, wouldn't those have just been better buys? And also, yeah, when you throw out Ion, Reaver, and and fucking Prime, like, yep. How the fuck? Yeah, do that's you insane. Justify that, like, yeah. Like Reaver and Prime are often considered two of the best Vandal skins that, yep. that have ever been released. Yeah, just period. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're they're fucking top tier skins. Um, now the Sentinels of Light and Ruination are not quite considered top tier, but like, they're pretty cool. Yeah, they're pretty solid. Yeah. And like, I like them. I'm not going to actively avoid them the way that I would the Singularity. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but like, yeah, it's just like the, the, what you're getting for the price. I, I, I don't know how the fuck anyone justifies that. I would agree. All right. Okay. That's that's enough for our our skin skin segment. It's just what I wanted to talk yeah. about because I I was uh, pleasantly surprised by the way that they actually looked in game. 
Um, yeah. But I would not buy them. Yeah, I, I would agree with Jace and say that I'll enjoy picking them up in-game. I will absolutely not buy them, despite Cass trying to make me buy them. <laughs> uh, I will say, though, like, when there is a skin pack that that is released that I'm, like, actually stoked on, you'll you'll know because Hunter owes me a skin, so I'll get him to buy it for me. And absolutely. And yep. in a podcast. For um, sure, for sure. I know Cass will take his time to gloat. Yeah. Uh, if the Gaia Marshall shows up in my store prior to a dope skin pack coming out, then like I might send it. It's like, ah, oh, this is so hard because like I want a good Marshall skin and I want like a decent Bulldog skin, but like, it, yeah, dude, it, like I I don't love like I don't love the Gaia Marshall the way that like. I love the Glitch Pop Vandal, that I love the Ion Hop, that I love my Arcane Sheriff. Like, like those are, or like, my Spectrum Phantom. Like, those are all skins that I look at, and I'm like, I, I am totally cool having spent money on this. And, like, admittedly, I don't have to spend money on this because I want to bet. But, like, it's kind of the same thing, right? And the Gaia yeah. Marshall is just below that tier for me. And well, I cast, really like I'm, the guy of Vandal, but like the Marshall is just like, like I don't know. So, so what if the what if the gay uh, uh, Vandal shows up in your store? Would you redeem your no? Because map? I I like my glitch pop Vandal a lot, and it, it would take a skin to absolutely blow me out of the water for me to upgrade that one. And if the if the Reaver Vandal in particular. Showed up in my night market, I would probably cop that. But it would have to be in my night market at a discount. Yeah, I'm thinking if the Reaver Vandal shows up in your night market at a discount, you'd probably just buy that and wait to redeem your oh, skin yeah, for no, me at a later date. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like that is the only way I would change my Vandal skin unless something absolutely blows me out of the water because I like I I will stand by this. I will die on this hill. The Glitch Pop Vandal sounds fucking immaculate. And the Reaver Vandal, to me, has that same level of sound that I would consider to be immaculate. And those are the only two that, like, when I hear myself firing them in game, I'm like, I'm fucking powerful. I am getting this headshot. Like, I, I, it just gives me the confidence to, to take these duels. And confidence is so important in this game. Like if you're not feeling it, you're you're not gonna hit those shots. Um, so like that that's just like the sound is so fucking important for me. God, Riot should fucking pay us for this shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We're us discussing the skins in this much detail. Yeah. Um but okay, Chase did mention wanting to uh to move on here. So Hunter, I believe you were doing some research for uh you know, something very important that has nothing to do with your your yoru grind correct well it has a very it has a relationship to my yoru grind. No, I, I was i was joking i knew it had to do with your yoru grind yeah. <laughs> i see i see well um i am currently for a state of the yoru update still sitting at uh silver two and i'm really uh backloading this push i'm not gonna lie uh but we'll see How if i make it, it? 
we have until uh, not this following Tuesday, but the one after that. So it's less than two weeks at this point for me to get to Platt, which I'm not going to lie. It's looking a little dicey. It's looking a little dicey. I'll be honest. Yeah, you know, um, never say never, though. Did you want to say something, Cass, before I go on with my point? You seem like you yeah, were trying no, to Yeah, if, no, if you fucking make it to Platt, this act, you don't fucking owe me a skin. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Ooh, let's yeah. go. Yeah, I think I'll, I'm going to have to throw something in there, too. I don't know oh, what man. it is, but I'm, I'm going to throw something. If you make it into Platt, you're, you're getting something for me, too. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I'm glad to hear it. Thank you. That gives me even more motivation. Um, okay, so still at Silver 2. So far in this act, I have played For 73. the record, your older brother can't play. Yeah, I mean, the issue is I don't have an older brother, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, uh, that's pretty easy for me to adhere to that. Um, yeah, so basically, I have played 73 matches on my main thus far. And when this I was act. talking... Yeah, yeah, sorry. Wait, yes, are we yes, talking yes. about this? <laughs> yeah, sorry, I, I neglected to say that. Yes, my well, main is not like, that underused. Yeah, okay, yes, okay. Yes. I was wondering if it was just like you know on Yoru or like since whenever. I, I just wanted to clear we're talking about specifically this act. For yeah, actually, these, let me let me specify even more. So I've played seventy three matches this act, and the very first match of all of those after the act dropped, Alex, who's been on this podcast before very much encouraged me to try Omen after the buffs. So I played Omen exactly once. The remaining 72 matches of those, I have played Yoru, this act. And I have <laughs> That's won... insane. Yeah. Nothing. And I have, like... and I have won exactly 50% of my games. I am literally wow. exactly 50-50 thus far of those 72 games. So 36 and 36 thus far in the like, act. I, I typically view myself as the non-flexible one out of the group of the trio of us yeah and like i don't have that many matches on a character percentage wise <laughs> percentage wise yes because i i swap over between chamber and jet but like <laughs> mm-hmm. the the 72 out of 73 on just your <laughs> yeah is a little disgusting <laughs> because he's not a meta pick Indeed, like, indeed. If you were to go and say, oh, I dodge, fracture, and split, and I'm a Sova main, maybe, sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, I play Jet, boom, 72, 73, just playing Jet. Oh, <laughs> you don't have the best computer in the world? Somebody beat yeah. you to the insta-lock. It happens. But, like, yep. the, the Yoru, like... I just feel bad for the other people that aren't, you know, being in a five stack that you've gotten into the lobby with who, like, don't have good computers, get into the loading screen, and it's just like, son of a bitch, you lock Yoru. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I will say, Cass, this actually factors into what I'm going to say, so that's a nice segue, that uh, when we are in a five stack, thankfully, most of our five stacks end up having someone who plays smokes, at least. So, my... Hey, yeah, if I'm with Chase, Chase plays Smokes. If, if I'm with Chauffeur, who I've been playing with a bunch from the Discord, he plays Astro a lot. Um, you know, even Tony has been playing some Omen lately. So, fortu- frequently there's someone who plays Smokes. I've actually had a lot more just completely messed up team comps when I'm solo queuing. And I get in, I lock Yoru, someone locks Reyna, someone locks Jet. 
And then of the other two people, those remaining two people, neither of them wants to play smoke. So we go for a no smoke comp. Yeah, you get, or like maybe a, you one get of them a sage and a sova in there. You're like, well, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or a slightly better scenario, but still not great. We get a sage and an omen, and then we have no info whatsoever. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's definitely what Cass was saying. It definitely can lead to some borked team comps, which is um, new for me, considering that before I started locking Yoru, I was the single most uh, flexible person amongst us three in terms of what agents I would pick to fill, because I... I was comfortable playing duelists, controllers, sentinels, and, uh, initi- well, actually, initiators, the one class I don't play. So everything but initiators, I, I would fill. Um, but leading up to this, that when we do play five stacks, frequently we have pretty good comps. But what I was noticing in the past week is I was like, damn, I really feel like when I'm five stacking, we almost always lose. <laughs> yeah, almost always lose. we do almost always lose. <laughs> right. So I wanted I wanted to pull some stats on this and discuss this a little bit um, to see if oh, it was just uh, right before you get into the numbers here. Yeah, have you guys ever had a beer that like you smell the beer and it smells like it's going to be awful, but then you taste it and it's totally fine? No. Does that ever happen to you? I'm trying to think if there was a beer that I've had that experience with. Well, because like, smell I, is I such cracked... an important part of your. I taste. know. Like I I cracked this beer and I smelled it, and like. It smelled horrendous. Uh, for for the reference, uh, or just for reference, I'm talking about a beer called Lady Luck. It is a cherry sour with vanilla, uh, mm-hmm. made by Powell Brewery. Um, like I cracked this beer and like I got a whiff of it and I was like, Egh. like I can't believe I spent money on this. And then I tasted it and it's it's fine. I'm like wild. I might not buy it again, but like I'm gonna enjoy drinking it. Hmm, it's like the opposite I, 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 of I, drinking a bottle of vanilla extract. Actually, yes. <laughs> Where it smells delicious, but then as soon as you like incredible. to take a swig, you're like, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever had in my yeah. life. I, I remember that lesson vividly in my head. My mom was baking cookies, and she asked me to measure out the vanilla extract, and I did. And then I looked at the bottle, and like I was like, oh, this smells so fucking good. Like, I'm going to drink this. My mom's like, you can if you want. You're going <laughs> to regret it. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? It smells so good. <laughs> so I took a fat swig. And, you know, it was one of the many things in life that my mom was very right about. And I still had to <laughs> test out yeah. to come to the same conclusion. That's great. Um, and it also may have been your first swig of alcohol because vanilla extract is over 30% alcohol, I'm pretty sure. So yeah, <laughs> you had alcoholic. that experience as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So Numbers. stats hunter. Yeah. Yes. 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 So I decided to look into uh the the of those seventy three matches, how many of them were five stacks, and this was not a particularly easy process because I had to go through every single match of those seventy three in tracker and look through the names of my team to see what were five stacks. Um. So of those seventy three matches, nine of them were in a five stack which might seem a little low to you. And the reason why that's kind of low is because I've been having as a policy that in general, I try not to queue with anyone who's on a Smurf. So I have many more five stacks on my alt accounts where someone is Smurfing. And so I don't want to boost myself for this challenge because I'm trying to do this as straight up as possible. Um, so of those five stacks, I, I have one three of those nine five stacks. I have won three of them and lost six 
And given the small sample size, you might think, oh, well, that's kind of within the margin of error. And you'd be correct. Yes. However, two of the wins were two of the only three times this entire act where I have queued with a Smurf. So two of those wins were with Smurfs. One of them was with someone from this server, and I didn't realize he was on a Smurf until we were already queuing, so I didn't want to interrupt the queue to switch. And then the other one was where I five-stacked with some randos who were chill, and then only in the second game did I find out the guy was a Smurf. And then the third win was the win which all three of us were a part of that I'm trying that I'm currently making a video on, where we won with a ridiculous score of 19 to 17 in many overtimes. <laughs> so those are the only three wins I've had in a five stack. All of oh, the other ones brutal. have been lost. That is yeah. so brutal. So well, yeah, the only one legitimate win by your standards of not being with the Smurf. Yeah, and that is one, was one that a, was, was a an 19 hour and seven. four minute game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah which uh right as, right as um yeah i mean as hunter did point out the other day off podcast and we're mm-hmm. just the shit uh you are statistically way more likely to encounter smurfs in five stacks um, if you're not smurfing in your five stack yeah well i mean no, yeah. even, even if you, if you are, you are. Oh, yeah, true, true, true. Stack, like, like regardless right, right? it's yeah. just like five stacks in general are way more likely to have a Smurf in them. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, when we five smack, or, uh, when we five stack, there's a decent chance there's a Smurf somewhere. Yeah, and like, gonna be like, well, I'm above this rank threshold. I'll just hop on an alt. Well, yeah, I mean, there's no rank threshold in in five stacks, right? It just lowers your RR yeah. gain and loss. But then it also greatly increases your queue times. Exactly, which because, is why, like, yeah, yeah you want to find some, like, a five stack yeah. that's around the same level. And like, honestly, yeah, and... I, I feel like just talking about that, like, that's just a rock in a hard place. Like, yeah, there because it, it's not fair if you put fucking tens or yay, you're fucking like literally any pro onto a team with like four fucking irons. And yeah. you average out their MMR and be like, okay, average MMR lands you in, boom, whatever. Plat, right? for if you find, say plat. Yeah. That seems like it's way too high. No, no, say like, you have a five stack of plats. Uh, I mean, I, that does seem kind of high, but like you know, this is, we're talking about high. someone who might be like the, at the top of ra- Radiant. Whoever the fuck is ranked at number one Radiant queuing with four fucking iron, right? Like yeah. like the, the the distribution. I mean, where's median? Okay, they're gonna rank. be they're gonna no, be gold rank. to plat. What I'm saying is, I imagine yeah. how Riot does this, and I don't know for sure, but I imagine how Riot does this is they don't go based off of like ranks alone, but they go off of player percentage distribution, which is how you would get to something like plat. Because if you just took the middle rank between Iron and Radiant, then you would end up with people on the other team who overall percentage-wise were vastly lower than the average of like 0.1% and the irons, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, but I'm just thinking of player distribution, and the player distribution is like, yeah, it's kind of a bell curve, but like the bell curve leans left. That is true. Okay, you, you might be right, right, so maybe plat high. So if you had five golds, if you had yeah, five golds right? versus a and radiant like of four irons. The fucking number one yeah. radiant, like whoever's ranked number one, I don't know who the fuck it is right now, would just dumpster the five golds. Right. And like, well, I mean, not always, but, 
probably well, you're, you're probably winning the game. Like, I mean, y- yeah, especially considering you could just bait the four irons on your team too, right? Yeah, yeah and if you know the like, irons are probably going to get a few kills themselves. Yeah. So yeah. like, I yeah, it's just like they're they're stuck between a rock and a hard place because like what what they've said is hey, if you have like four irons and a plat, we're going to try to match you up against another five stack that has four irons and a plat. And just what are the fucking odds? Yeah. Right? Like we, we don't have hundreds of millions of people playing this game. Like there's. Where are the like odds that, at this so moment hard. on the server I'm trying to queue on, there's a yeah. similarly yeah. ranked distribution. Right. five. And so it's just like, right. Obviously your queue times are going to go up, but if they got rid of that rule, then like, it just wouldn't be fair, no matter how you look at it. Well, I mean, so, they like, do I, say I that it's average. I'm not sure if they actually do try to look for like five or four irons in a plat. You know, mm-hmm. I think yeah, I think it is actually more just average. They might throw in like, oh, this is a, a silver, a gold, a couple of bronze, and an iron. I I, I do believe once you are past like diamond two, like I, I know there's a certain cutoff level that like they do literally try to match ranks, like it. Into the upper echelons, I, I believe that was that's what was stated. I don't know. I've never. Yeah, been I was there. not aware of that. That's interesting. Um, yeah, but nonetheless, no matter how you look at it, like it, it's just like a tough position, and I understand being like, "Hey, I don't want to sit in queue for three fucking hours." Right. I'm gonna hop on and all. And I get now, that. I, <clears throat> now, Cass, if I could reinforce what I was saying and what you're saying as well, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to look a little bit more deep into the stats that I pulled and not just look at wins because you might say, you know, still it's not a huge sample size. And that is fair. It's not a huge sample size, but like you might say, maybe some of those were really close games and you know, they could have gone either way. And given your sample size, it just looks bad. Well, I went ahead and looked at some more statistics. All right. So in those six losses of the nine, the average number of rounds, my team won in that game was seven. (laughs) <laughs> so these so these are by and large not close games in fact a lot of them were not at all close and what i was also looking for is specifically when it comes to a smurf on the enemy team of course it's a little bit difficult to uh pin down exactly if someone is a smurf or just having a good game but in two-thirds of the six games the enemy top frag had at least a 2.0 kd having doubled the kid their kills as deaths and the average top frag on the enemy team uh, kill to death is 26 and 9. <laughs> so the average top frag on the other team of those losses was 26 and 9. That's the average? That's fucked. That is the average. That's an insane, yeah. insane yeah. scoreline. So, so I think even though this data isn't conclusive due to the small sample size, it really does support what I was thinking, which is that I'm going to stop you know, having a non-Smurf five stack on my main because it's just fucked. <laughs> like, the chances of me running into a strong Smurf on the other team and having no one to combat that is just really high. So yeah. that's that's the conclusion of this. Yeah. I mean, I'm the kind of person that, no no matter what, like, I do have an alt account. I don't even know mm-hmm. if it's in comp, but... Spelusive, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to fucking queue on my main no matter what. And we're going to fucking play competitive and I'm going to lose all of that R and I'm going to try to grind it back right. later. Um, and then I'm going to hate myself for it, but I'm still going to do it again the next time. Um, 
even when we're all like we're we're like drunk, we're like, oh, we're we're just gonna like hop on some alt accounts and fuck around. Um, I'm still on my main. Right, right. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I just want to play with my skins. That. I want to. For sure. You know for what? Sure. It, it is me as a, an inclusive Valorant player. Whenever I load up the game, that's the that's the rank that I am, on average. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, uh, I, I feel a little bad because it's currently below both of you. I can just not get the fuck out of Iron One, or Iron One, Silver One. Iron one. <laughs> it's like, oh no, you really downranked since I've last game. I can't just... get the fuck out of Silver One. It's insane. <laughs> I'm curious. Is like, do we know anyone else who has an alt that is ranked higher than their main? Is it just you? I think it might just be me. <laughs> like, I've had that happen in the past. That's not currently true. Okay. I feel yeah. like it's I've like, heard I've heard of some people having it that we play okay. with sometimes. Because I, I, admittedly, I don't, or at least this act in particular, I've not played a ton of my alt because there hasn't really been the the need to. Um, and to be quite frank, the need to probably won't be around for a while. Now, potentially, if this new agent that comes out, I think is like super fun, uh, I might hop on my alt and grind out to get that agent, and then give it a go and just like see how I feel about it in like an actual comp setting. Because I think that unfortunately, ranked is just or unranked. I mean, is just not not a true representation of it. Um, of like how I feel about a given agent in a game, I find that oftentimes like. If you're playing on rank, the as soon as like a team can surrender, I feel like they often do surrender. If you're rolling them, maybe. um, even if you're not rolling them, like I've just seen way too many fucking surrenders in unranked. Uh, and then on top of that, like, yeah, the the rank distribution is way wider, so there's a good potential you're just going to get absolutely dicked on by by somebody on the enemy team who's just way fucking better than you and. What, do, true. what are you going to do about it? Right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, especially I am someone whose play style revolves around just taking duels as often as possible. Um, and then when I get to someone who is just going to beat me in those duels consistently, like, well, what am I going to do? You know? Uh, so, yeah, I, I feel like unranked just isn't great. And so, like, if I do want to try out this new agent, might hop onto my alt and give that a go, but uh, yeah, it's in it's an interesting yeah interesting situation. Sorry, English is fucking difficult. Um, because it, it used to be I had my alt for when I was playing with like uh you know a bunch of the like guys in our house like Doobie Tony, um who were not not doing too well in ranks, but like particularly when it was like the four rank thing. Yeah, uh, but, like, that yeah. just hasn't really been relevant as of late because they do allow that wider distribution. Mm -hmm. um, and to top it off, like, my alt is just higher ranked. Like, that doesn't make sense for me to be like, oh, let me bring in this higher ranked alt to play a game with you guys that are lower ranked. Like, yeah. <laughs> it seems like a dumb decision. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting situation you're in. I mean, I think that Riot is specifically trying to keep me in Silver One. You know, it I makes was, them more yeah. money, right? Yeah. Like, you, you spend, like, 
hundred dollars a month to like get new skins to try to get that pay to win factor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I really doubt Chase spends that much per month. I haven't even spent that much per month since I started Valorant. Oh, you Not don't know. I, I'll do anything to get out of here. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No, Chase I was on buys, my rank up game every today. Pack and just doesn't equip it, so we don't know. That's that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, I was on my rank up game today to silver two and. Uh, I got put into a lobby with a raise that threw the entire game, killed me with her nades, gave oh, the enemy team God. consistent callouts of uh, where the entire team was pushing and what they were doing. Um, so I did not rank up, and instead I went down like 24 for that game. So, <laughs> Unsurprising, but very sad. Yeah, very sad. I mean, luckily, uh, a couple games later, I got a little... Uh, a player has been punished due to your report. Um, Let's go. So that doesn't I, bring back your RR, though. It, it really doesn't. Nor does it get me yeah. closer to uh, to ranking up because I then have since lost another game. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunate. What What if it did? What if it gave you back your RR and took RR away from the people who won that game? I, I mean, feel like I think... for, that would really suck to be on the other side of that. Yeah, it would. It would really suck to be on the other yeah. side of that. But like, you know, did you really deserve it? Did you deserve I that mean... RR gain for someone on the enemy team in like just fucking giving you callouts on where people were the entire game? I mean, I like, don't think they deserved it. I I personally <laughs> do not think I would be super fucking salty. Now, admittedly, if it caused me to d-rank emote yeah that would that would suck dicks but like that's only in the small scenario in which i'm at zero out of 100 because you've got that ranked emote protection um yeah and they could make it so like you if you are at zero of 100 you don't demote from having the rollback of from a game where there was a someone who was reported for whatever reason like they could do that yeah it's like you know, at least you got that message, right? Like, at least something was done about this, and hopefully that account is now banned for. I'd like to think. Yeah, I don't. I don't get back a forty minutes of my life. Or, yeah, uh, but like true, exactly, true. like you know, that's what Riot needs to do. They need to find a way to make a time travel device so you can go back forty minutes from your present day yeah. and get an additional thirty minutes of time back. So I can just get, play a game without a different a... lobby fucking idiot in it that's throwing the entire time like yeah i have not encountered someone throwing to this level before like i've encountered people you know kind of fucking up your team but you can kind of play around it or eventually they just leave the fucking lobby and it's it's annoying and you you hate yourself but um you're basically just playing a four on five this was like playing a six on four every right, single round right right yeah at least at the very least when someone afks you get a bit of extra money and an alt harp. Well, and you get the fucking spike. Like, if she would just spawn closest to yeah. the spike, like, you're not winning the round. Like, mm -hmm. it's fucked. <laughs> yeah. I would bring that up. There was a, there was an enemy raise in one of the games that we played earlier who would just consistently take spike from the enemy team. Yeah. Um, and W key into a corner and spawn. Same corner every round. Yeah, did we and... deserve that win? Hell no. No. I mean, I think yeah. we would have won regardless, but... But also, like... I feel like the thing that sucks is the fact that it has to happen I reported that raise, mm. and I believe everybody in that lobby did report that raise. Yeah. And I never got any notification on that. 
Yeah. Who yeah, knows? yeah maybe- like I feel like maybe the technique, maybe the way it would have to happen is that if there's a certain amount of reports in a particular game against an enemy player, then after the game ends, you don't get any RR up or down. And it there's a message saying your RR is like frozen while we investigate this player. So that I way you think don't that have that's the probably a good way to do it. Yeah, that, that's probably the best way to do it. Yeah, yeah, because if you have like seven reports, like you know, four from one team and three from another of a player for throwing, then it's it's a pretty good bet they were actually throwing. Or like, yeah, it's, like that might be a better solution. Yeah. But like, and now admittedly, like you know, obviously the whole Good Samaritan thing. Yeah, like you you should report the person on the enemy team, right? Like, they, it is ruining the competitive integrity of what is supposed to be a ranked ladder. However, right. you know, you to, to get up to that seven threshold, you you are requiring people on the enemy team to report. So I, I don't think that it's, like, it needs to be a specific number. I think it can be a combination of factors. Because Riot mm-hmm. has claimed that there are systems in place which detect, like, AFKs and in the most recent patch notes they said that they in like um increase their ability to de- detect AFK behavior yeah. in different ways. Um and then they also have a system that detects people uh doing team damage in ways that uh aren't not accidental. I wonder if the team damage was single-handedly yeah. what like put them over the edge there. I think it probably was, and I don't know if that should be the only reason that that happened because it was very obvious. Um, although I, I'm I'm not sure. The message said that somebody like I reported them for like twelve different things. You know, it was clicked clicked a bunch of <laughs> yeah. shit um, yeah. that applied to them, uh, and it said like somebody has been uh, punished for abusing text chat. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah. it, it might have been the constant uh, text chat callouts that actually put them over the edge, but got it, got it. Yeah, probably if someone is like spamming all chat, regardless of why they are, that's probably a bit of a flag for Riot to be like something might be going on here. But I, I agree with the uh, the freezing of the RR. I think that's a really good way to do it. Um, but it, there should be a combination of factors that like go into that, not just the yeah, like, reports, it. but like yeah the. You know the AFK detection, the uh, yeah, um, like team damage detection, whatever other algorithms they have in place that can show if somebody is inting, uh, which they say they already have. I think they can just utilize that in that way. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily, I I don't necessarily think the AFK alone should no, do it. No, because there's a there's well, a separate. Like, I, I for think that, we are specifically but... talking about intentionally throwing here. Yeah. Um which someone is clearly in the lobby and trying to do as much negative as possible to your team. So like, right. I think I, I, I would agree with the frozen RR to go into place for, but like if somebody has spike for 30 seconds with nobody around them and they're and not they don't planting, plant. like <laughs> yeah. there should be a red flag system for that. Like if they lose the round because they didn't plant, and okay, but what if you're saving and you happen to have spike? What are you supposed to do? Just well, but it's about round? multiple rounds, is the thing. Yeah, like if you have it happen twice in a game, that might that might be just be your saving. But if you have it have if you have it happen, you know, when you're attack half, you have twelve rounds, right? If you have that happen six times on a half, then you're probably throwing. Yeah, you're probably not taking spike and saving six times. There's definitely a right way to yeah. like differentiate those. Yeah. 
And this this is taking it a step further, but like I, I always like to think about nuances, even if it's not helpful. And my thought would be, okay, so suppose Riot goes ahead and implements this system where the RR is like frozen. And whether or not they announce it, eventually people will figure out that's what's happening. And then the issue would be that if I'm on the winning team and the if I know this system is in place and I'm on the winning team and I, you know, I see that that, that there's an enemy on the other team rep- like throwing, then it might be, you know, in my best interest to not report that player so as not to risk my RR being lost. So my sort of like nuanced point on that, which might be taking it too far, I'm curious to hear what you guys are thinking, is maybe in cases where the RR is frozen and then Riot determines, okay, there was someone who was throwing or sabotaging the team on the other on the other side, then the game, instead of being treated as a wash where no one g- gains or loses any RR, then the game is treated as a tie instead. Because if you're on the team that has the, that essentially has the five on four because of the throw or the six on four, however you want to look at it, and you're consistently, you know, getting a performance bonus, you, you would get a performance bonus because you're consistently aim diffing someone who is a higher rank than you, despite the fact that, like, you know, you have less opportunities to see them because there are less players on their team, then, like, you might get the t- tie result and you might get, like, plus five RR. Like, and so that might be kind of nice to be like, I can report them and still go up a little bit because I've popped off in this game. I mean, I agree. So I don't know if that would help people. So like, it, it won't. You're still incentivized not to because you're, you're going up five instead oh, of yeah, 25. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you no are. matter how you look at it, you're still incentivized not to. But I think that, yes, yes, that, that should still be in place, uh, like, as if right. it were a, a draw. Um, and you can still get a performance bonus. That's fine. Um, but... I th- I think that it should be mostly having to do with uh, reports on the own, on like that person's team and other factors with that would make sense yeah um because in this system exactly you'd be incentivized to not report but and again you, know, you can't it, you can't four stack anymore right yeah that's that's actually yeah. cast what I was thinking initially I was yeah, like what if you, the four, you four stack bullies the one person stack, but they can't yeah and just everybody submit tickets against this one player. Well, and this is so under like, review, right? It's frozen until under review. Yeah, but right. uh, then, like, again... I mean, it has to be no. a computer program that reviews it. There's no way there's a human doing that, so... I was actually thinking it was going to be a human. Well, okay, so CS has a, a program called Overwatch, I believe, in which... Uh, Interesting name, anyway. You can... You know what? Now that I think about it, that's probably not the name. Uh, they have a system called Overwatch where they have characters and they have abilities, and yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, a. Okay. <laughs> Isn't it called VAC in CSGO? Like no, no that, that's, a, that's the anti-cheat system. No, oh, but this okay. is a this is a community sourced. They send out VOD reviews of a player who was reported for cheating, and they they get basically like. I, I don't know if it's, like, trusted people or, like, if anyone can sign up for this. Like, the whole idea is you get somebody – and the reason I know about this is because of some guy who runs a CSGO YouTube channel called Warow, um, who will, like, make YouTube videos out of some of the ones that he does. And it's, like, you go in and you watch someone's gameplay. Mm-hmm. And you decide if 
you think they were cheating or not. Um, and it's it's basically community sourced. I like I, I don't know exactly how it works, but I feel like that could be a valid method of like, hey, you've received X number of reports for this game. Like somebody's gonna go through and like you could have it again be community sourced and people would just I guess volunteer their time to look through this and be like, Oh yeah, this person was hundred percent intentionally throwing. Right. Well, here's the thing. It doesn't just need to be an AI. I'm going to call for something that we've never done before, which is that because I need to step away super fast, I'm going to let you guys keep discussing this without pausing the podcast. I'll be right back. So keep going on this topic. Um, but like, I, I think that would actually be a valid method of, of determining whether or not like someone deserves to have the, the frozen RR just be, be you know i guess sent away into the void or whatever yeah i mean i i think that it could be a very valid method i was originally thinking oh you'd need to like incentivize people to do that and like give them something for it but then i was like yeah, oh but fuck, no. gun buddies. yeah but then you, yes you can do that but then people are just going to go in and click whatever buttons fastest you know so then are you actually receiving the best feedback so it, it's kind of difficult to uh to do that balance like maybe you just trust people overall yeah i mean and like all things like considered like yeah and like if there is genuinely no incentive to do it right like if i just have fucking 30 minutes of my time to just like yeah like i got dick all going on like i wouldn't be opposed to doing it i think it actually be kind of interesting yeah i mean i i would, and I I would feel be like there, there are a lot of people who fall into the same boat of like hey like i don't like I'm not hired by Riot. I don't want this to be, like, a full-time thing that I'm doing. But, like, I, I got no problem going in and just, like, you know, I, I got some free time. Let me review this this match and see if I do believe that someone was intentionally throwing or, like, if I think someone was cheating. And I guess the reward uh, for a lot of people is uh, figuring out, like, whether that person was throwing and knowing that they're going to be punished for it so that they're not exactly. in one of like, your future games or fucking right. up anyone exactly. else's power and experience. Yeah, you you clear the player base of people who are being intentionally shitty. Yeah. Right? Um, Which is like, you know, I feel like, yeah, perhaps it's not a, uh, like, maybe it it would just be considered like a thankless service. But like, nonetheless, like there's something to be had there because you're, you're actively doing something that benefits the community, even if there is no, ooh, I get this shiny gold sticker or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think there definitely would be, like, trolls still, but they would be less common or than, like, the general opinion. I feel like that um, the majority of people would do it out of the best interest of the game. Right. Uh, or just because it's something interesting to do. They're going to choose the right option. They're not just going to go through and be like, nah, they definitely weren't throwing, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I'm not saying it should just be one person that like reviews this and makes the final call. No, that's exactly right? what I'm saying is that yeah. like o- over a hundred people that did yeah, it, maybe exactly. two of them were trolling, but that's like, you're going to get 98 people saying, yes, they were throwing. And then I, you can yeah, I, I wasn't even decision. thinking of a hundred people. I'm thinking like you get like 10, 15, right? Like what are the odds that the majority of those people are trolling? And let's say it is split down the middle, right? Like right down the middle, you get 10 people to review it. Five say not inting. Five say inting, 
maybe at that point, you know what? I think Riot can afford to have an actual person that they employ go over that shit. Yeah. Oh, or or these aren't singular occasions, right? Give them give the player the benefit of the doubt. Sure, sucks for that one game. It's currently what the system is, so doesn't really like no harm, no foul there. And yeah. if they do it again, maybe that'll be flagged that time. Right, and then you don't get the benefit of the doubt the second time, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and another way they could do it as well is that you know over time it would be very clear that some people are very interested in being a part of this sort of community police effort where they're reviewing a ton of uh, games and giving their feedback on it. So riot employees could take, you know, the top 1% of people who are reviewing these clips of potential trolls and look at how they're reviewing these clips and they could give like, they probably wouldn't even necessarily make it public, but they could give like some people like a trusted stamp where they're uh, of some of these people who are these super reviewers, they can say, okay, these people are reviewing in line with what we think and then wait their approval a bit more as well. Right. Which could be a yeah. helpful tool as well to make, to, to weed out the people who are just going to be like, Oh, ho, ho, he wasn't trolling. Lamau. So I kind of like your idea Cass, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. I like, like a, as far as I'm aware, I think I believe the CSGO community as a whole has been on board with this. And again, I like I don't know the fine details of it, but like it, it it seems like it's been productive, and I I feel like it's something Riot could well, I suppose they would need VOD review installed first, which I think is something the community has been asking for for a while, which we still don't have. So yeah, Riot has said need... Riot said in like the fall of 2020 they were working on it that it would come out pretty soon. Okay, so like <laughs> and it has never come out. Basically, since I'm assuming they would yeah. need that system in place to begin with. Yeah, it's coming out with the tournament can... mode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's going to be this act as well as lots of agent changes past the initial ones. Yeah. Yep. Okay, actually, real, really quick, can we touch base on that as like a final topic? Yeah. Uh, the whole okay, so the tournament mode, right? Kind of seems iffy. Chances of there being Smurfs, very high. But somebody proposed an idea that, like, I don't necessarily disagree with. And I'd be curious to hear where you guys stand on this. And it's you can have your main, which is tied to your phone number. And then you can also have an alt, which is sublinked to your main. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. As in, like, you can't, but because you have your main tied to your, your phone number, you would not be able to enter the tournament mode on a much lower ranked alt. That would become, like, that would immediately just get flagged as in, like, that doesn't go. And so it would still allow people to have an alt of some sort that you may play on and is not going to be. You know, like, ooh, you can't do that. But it would also drastically limit the amount of people who are even capable uh, of smurfing in said tournament mode. Because, I don't know about you guys, but, like, I don't have two phone numbers. Well, I mean, just a, I, I think that you don't need to bring in the whole they're allowed to have an alt. Just say that in order to play tournament mode, this account must be linked with a phone number that's not VoIP. Yep, yeah, but, like, the, the one problem with that is... 
like if you don't have one like designated as like your your main or whatever why would you not you like, choose one yeah but i could just choose my alt to be the one registered to my phone and then you're never going to be able to play tournament mode on tournament my main mode on your main if yeah. i'm in a situation where i'm just way better than like the people that i play with which i am not but like say you're in alex's position right like there, well, there's thinking, literally no like even the system you you said does not get around this this problem well i would say your higher ranked one would need to be the main which well, how do case, they know they're connected how do they know this account and this other account are connected well, at I, all? okay i would say that every single account needs to be connected to in some manner to a phone number regardless of tournament mode or not yeah, yeah regardless of tournament mode or not and so in my circumstance, it would kind of fuck me over in that, yes, my alt is higher ranked than my main. So, like, my alt would be designated as my main. Um, I mean, there are people fine. that just don't have phone numbers, right? Like, there are people that only use VOIP, and there are people, like, I mean, kids that just don't have phones, right? And would you want them to not be able to play the game at all? I feel like that's not a big deal to to playing all the other parts of the game where you can have an account you can play valorant but in like you just can't join tournament mode unless you've linked a phone number maybe i'm out of touch with reality but like how many kids are fucking playing valorant and don't have a goddamn phone well i mean i think i i think that just to be just to be clear i'm gonna actually disagree with Cass in the end but i'm pretty sure that csgo implemented something where if you if you play uh competitive Maybe it's not competitive because I don't think I needed one. There's something about CSGO where you have well, to like... Okay, so CSGO has like separate servers that are run by like Faceit and like ESEA, for example, which are like considered to be higher tier than just playing ranked in CS. Mm-hmm. Like being global elite in CS is just kind of whatever, but like people kind of go for like, you know, rank 9, rank 10 out of ESEA and like Faceit. To, to my understanding, I have not actually played any of that. Um, and so it's like separate servers run by third parties in which you you join them and there's some like kind of verification process that's just like, oh, okay, like this is actually like your your account and you're trying to gain RR on our system, not valves. Uh and then yeah. and then in that case you have this scenario where most kids who are playing could talk to their parents and say, Hey, can I have your phone number for this? And then, okay, maybe those kids could make two accounts because they have their mom and their dad's phone number. But like, you yeah. know, that and still like, helps. That, that, was, that, that was a devil's advocate that I was going to bring up is like, I could easily just like take my sister's phone number. Like she doesn't fucking play video games at all. I could absolutely run a second account off my sister's phone number. But like, but like, if if it, if you were if it required like once a month for you to have to like confirm via text on your phone that like this is your your phone number, then like at that point, you know, you wouldn't want to have to bug your sister like you know every so often and be like, yo, like click the link in the text and just got sent to you. <laughs> like there would be ways to confirm that. Um. But, like, here's the thing. Even though I was kind of siding with your position now, Cass, I feel like the problem with the phone number beyond the kids is that if you have that system where you have a main and an alt, if everyone is now limited to one alt, the problem is that I think that's going to vastly increase the amount of people who 
whether subtly or obviously, throw on their alt. Like, even supposing I just played, like, all day long, and then I needed to... And I had a bunch of friends as well who played a bunch. If I only had one alt, I could very realistically run into the situation where my alt got leveled up pretty high. I mean, like, if I'm queuing with an iron on an alt, then, like, I'm going to get to gold before the iron gets to silver. And then, like, at that point, you know, I can't queue with them anymore because the, the rank restrictions tighten as I get into gold. And so I feel like if you limit people to just one alt, then people are going to start, like, much more often just throwing on their alt to derank it, even if they get banned for a couple days on that alt for or whatever, because, you know, it's it's worth it to them. And I feel like that's the big downside to that system. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I think that it it, it definitely would. Obviously, in an ideal world, nobody would play on an alt. Right, like that's Riot's yeah, yeah, ideal yeah. world right. at all, right? Well, everyone right. on their no, main, but because I like actually though, in Riot's ideal world, everybody has alts and you buy skins on your alts. <laughs> okay, okay, but maybe so from I, a I'm game a living, integrity a living, standpoint, yeah, I'm a living uh, embodiment of that ideal world. I have all I have skins like, hey, on teams. Like I, 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 I've bought a battle pass on my alt too, so like, you know, but like uh, again, like that that actively makes Riot money. Right, which is why I think they don't uh, have a hard stance against smurfing, because let's be honest, it makes them money, and they're a company that's what they exist for. So like, it, like, and it, it would be nice if Riot came out with a hard stance against smurfing. Um, but like, they're we've been talking about incentives like all podcasts long about like oh why don't they run this system why don't they run that system because it comes down to incentives and like riot as a company has an incentive to allow people to smart I mean, slightly. Yeah. We talked about this on a previous podcast of whether or not right. having an amount of smurfs in game uh disincentivizes people from continuing to play the game yeah uh, and what that like balances but um, but like I, I, I would like, I would like this tournament mode. I think it'd be so much fucking fun if we yeah. could get like five of us together and be like, hey, like this weekend, there's a tournament going on. We're playing in, and again, I don't even know how the bracket would work because you've got like, you'd probably have to register under a server. So we would probably pick Illinois or Texas, uh, just based on what the five of us are. Yeah, it's like, hey, you know what? Like, we're gonna go into a tournament today, and I think that would be so fucking cool. That would be very cool. Yeah, but I understand why they can't. Like, I understand why they've had so much trouble releasing that because, yeah, like, there's no doubt in my mind. As soon as that comes out, and I'm not gonna be salty about it. Like, I just understand that's just what it's gonna be. But like, like you're gonna run into Smurf. Well, I, like, I did think of it's, it's gonna it's gonna fucking happen. I did think of one possible idea that would take a lot of effort to implement, but might be the best solution to this for tournament mode, not for Smurfs overall. And here is here's what it is: Riot, with their Vanguard software, collects data not just on you know, what accounts, like individual accounts that are signed into, but also on your uh, internet 
uh, information as well as your the MAC addresses of your hardware adapters for either Ethernet or Wi-Fi. So one thing that they could do is they could, you know, when you they could have you register for a phone number for tournament mode, and then once you sign up for the phone number, they could say you need to sign up on your main for the tournament. And then after you like register for the tournament, they could have a system that goes through and looks at all of the accounts that your computer has ever signed into. And then if there's any account that has, you've been, that you've signed into on your computer for more than like a game or two, like I think maybe just to try out my system, Alex signed into one of, to one of his accounts, like once on my computer and like that happens where you have multiple people on a computer. So the system would have to way to weed out like outliers, but like of the accounts you've regularly signed into on your computer, it could make sure that you have to link as your main, the highest account or an account that's in the certain margin of error. So for you cast, like if you say, Oh, my main is the salad sauce and it sees that you have one out, that's one rank higher. It might not make a big deal about that. But like if you have an an alt, but if you have if you say oh this is my main and it's a silver two account, but then you also have account that you regularly sign into on this computer that's plat three, then it will say sorry you can't do that, like you can't participate in the tournament, or it will say you have to link this account if you want to participate in the tournament. So that's obviously a lot more complicated, but I feel like that might be doable. What do you guys think about that? The only thing that I'm thinking of right now is siblings that share a computer. And, like, obviously, I'm not in that position. But could you link two different phone numbers and get around it? Ah. Yeah. That's that's big-brained. But I was just thinking, like, yes, I've got my own fucking computer, right? But then again, like, if you go off, like, IP address, like, what is it? It's me, Chase, Tony, and Eric living in this house that play Valorant. Well, on the same IP, right? And so, like, I I do think the MAC address needs to come into effect here. Because that that separates, like that that single handedly separates the four of us. I yeah, and my understanding from doing some research into cheating is that Vanguard specifically does use MAC addresses, and thus people well, who are Vanguard, hardcore cheaters. Speci- well, Vanguard recognizes MAC addresses, yeah. and hardcore cheaters have to MAC spoof if they want to keep playing after they've been banned. Right, because well, I was going to say that, like I I am aware that you can get hardware banned. Right, and so yeah. because and the hardware my understanding ban, is every MAC addresses come yeah, into sorry. effect. Yeah, and my understanding is every cheating ban is a hardware ban. So my uh, so so that's where if they they have that information already right. clearly, yeah. Well, like yeah, the the only like real downside I can see is just like you and your brother both play. You share a computer. One of the yeah. two of you is way fucking better than the other, and like, like I. I I feel like that's actually a decent possibility. Oh yeah, right? absolutely. Um, and now, as, as Chase stated, like yeah, the um, the two separate phone numbers could go a very long way in in separating that. And, yeah, they, and there will be people that find their way around it, but it's about yeah. obviously reducing it. Right. Right. Like it's not going to be foolproof. There, there's no fucking solution to that shit. But, um, all right. Unless so... anybody's got any closing statements, I think we're gonna wrap her up here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Call her a uh, night. Great pod, folks. We'll see you in the Discord. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll drink with you later.
Actually, though, right before you guys hit the end on this, I'm actually stoked about the number of games that we've had going on in our Discord. Hell yeah. Like, it, it, it's actually been fucking great. Um, I've had so much fucking fun just, like, playing with a bunch of you guys that actually listen to this shit. Yeah, we and had a 12-stack one night, yeah. Yeah, it, like, it, if you have made it all the way to this point in the podcast, like, thank you for fucking listening. Um, if mm. you're one of the guys who shows up and plays with us, thank you for fucking showing up and playing with us. It's, yeah. It's honestly been fucking phenomenal. Um, I'd, I'd love to continue playing with you guys. Yeah, and for those of you who haven't, feel free to join in. We would love to have you. All right, peace. But already, as Chase said, I believe we're going to be drinking with you guys later. <laughs>